Owen Schroyer here, and I am about to turn myself in to be a speech prisoner in Biden's America. Unfortunately, we knew that things would get this bad. Unfortunately, we knew the Democrats were this corrupt, and now I have to hit the front lines and be a speech prisoner in Biden's America. And as I go, I am currently involved in litigation to try to get my original Twitter account back, at all I do is Owen, where I had over 300,000 followers, but I've been censored there for years. So in the meantime, while I'm away, I've launched this Twitter account, at Owen Schroyer 1776. It's actually run by a media team. It's not run by me, but my media team who will be giving you updates while I'm incarcerated, daily updates while I'm incarcerated, sharing old video clips, new video clips, and as well as phone audio recordings and maybe even live recordings while I'm away. So Owen Schroyer, 1776. And I made a joke that um, when Vivek Ramaswamy was using the 1776 moment that he'd better be careful. You know, when uh, DeSantis was using his um, Martha's Vineyard gag, he'd better be careful because once they start coming after one person for something and they see that it works and we're going to get into it today, they'll come after everybody and chanting 1776 apparently, you know, jail worthy. No bond, by the way. He's going to jail for 60 days. Owen Schroyer. We had him on a month ago, maybe, give or take. 60 days. No bond pending his appeal. So by the time he appeals and the appeal is done, he'll have served his time already. Let's let him finish this here for a bit. So please follow this account, at Owen Schroyer 1776 for updates while I'm away. And spread this video far and wide to let others know, hey, Owen Schroyer is back on Twitter right here at Owen Schroyer 1776. And that year, 1776, is extremely important. Not Revolution. Not just because it was the founding year of our country, but the U.S. government is arguing that it's illegal for me to say 1776 in Washington, D.C. Everybody should be paying attention to this unironically. Well, uh, yeah, that's what I mean, unironic. Everyone should seriously be paying attention to this. Don't believe me? Check the U.S. government's sentencing memo for yourself. They said that me chanting 1776 in Washington, D.C. is worthy of 60 days in prison. So, it's Owen Schroyer, 1776. Please share this video. Let people know I'm back on Twitter and follow this account for updates while I'm away. Godspeed and God bless. Now, uh, first of all, I'm going to leave this here for a second because when I had Owen Schroyer on and I said he, he looked a little bit like he gave me a Brad Pitt vibe. Now he's giving me a Conor McGregor vibe. Okay, I'm going to end it there. Let me just see. It was Owen Schroyer at Owen Schroyer 1776. Owen Schroyer, there is no C in Schroyer for those who are listening on podcast. O-W-E-N-S-H-R-O-Y-E-R 1776. Um, let me see what he's up to now. 16,500. Last night he was under 5,000. And I got to tell everybody this, and everybody kind of has to understand this. It doesn't matter if you don't like him. It doesn't matter if you think he's a con. I don't know what that means under the circumstances. Cons typically don't go to jail for 60 days. It doesn't matter if you don't think, if you think you don't like him. It's the old poem from you know World War II. At first they came for the union workers and I said nothing because I wasn't a union worker. At first they came for Alex Jones and I said nothing because I wasn't Alex Jones. 
Then they came for Donald Trump. And I said nothing because I wasn't Donald Trump. Then they came for his attorneys. And I said nothing because I wasn't his attorneys. Oh, you think they're not going to come knock at your front door at some point? And lo and behold, there will be no one there for you. So that is, um, that's the intro. I, was, I couldn't figure out what to start the show with exactly. I was a little late because as I was taking Pudge out for um, one final squoze before the episode, she urinated all over my legs. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. It's so bad. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Pudge the Paralyzed Puggle uh, is a paralyzed puggle. Let me, just, let me just get a little picture of the dogs here. There you go. This is um, where they sit during the episodes. That's Pudge, and that's Winston. Pudge is a paralyzed puggle, and uh, I have developed the manual squeezing technique to make sure that she fully uh, vacates her bladder. Otherwise, she gets urinary tract infections. Oh, uh, I'm a little too good. She got me on the way out to the front door, so there was that. All right, um, today's show, give you the brief overview. My brother is coming on, Dan Freiheit, Lion Advocacy on Twitter. We're going to go over the new Canadian Pfizer, the newly released Canadian Pfizer Manufacturing and Supply Agreement for the Jibby Jabs in Canada. Canada apparently felt the need to, to, to heavily redact this document, even though it seems that it's virtually identical to the unredacted South African Supply and manufa- Manufacturing and Supply Agreement. Whatever. We're going to talk about that with my bro. Uh, we're going to talk about Jenna Ellis pleading today because it's... I try to give the benefit of the doubt um, to people until, you know, incontrovertible proof of malice. I'm not yet there with Jenna, but I, and I can understand what's going on, but she pleaded uh, to a lesser, you know, to a charge today. We're going to watch that. We're going to talk about that. Um, and then there's a bunch of, we're going to talk about some Canadian stuff as well. Tamara Leach, her charges have been stayed. Oh, oh, the internet, the internet lawyers think they've got the gotcha because I tweeted out her charges have been dropped. They dropped the charges for her bail violations. Eric Simbiviva, you stupid lawyer. It stayed. It's not just like, you idiots. I'm repeating the headline from CBC for effect. A. And B, when we refer to charges being dropped colloquially, that's exactly what we're going to get there. So my brother's coming on in a few minutes. I, I, I reached out to Robert Govea. It's such short notice. I don't think he'll even see my message. But if he can come on and we'll talk about Jen Ellis. If it's not today, it'll be sometime soon. He's covering it daily. And I get my thorough analysis from Robert Govea watching The Watchers. I think I disagree with his analysis of this, or at least his interpretation of the factual elements, but whatever. We'll talk. I respect him, and I, def- and I understand that he knows more than me. But before we get into any of that, actually, let me, let me make sure that I've checked the right boxes here, because Viva is more um, neurotic than the Pope. Is that the expression? Oh, that's not the expression. Uh, let me just make sure that I've checked off the box. Yes, I've checked off the box in YouTube, so no one's going to accuse Viva of anything. You may have noticed it said this stream contains a uh, paid promotion, and it does. And my goodness, people, is the timing on the... Well, the timing is obviously good because it's Halloween in... Holy crap, apples, it's Halloween in less than a week, and I've got to get ready for it. Uh, you're going to go if you're so inclined. It's a very cool thing. I actually have one upstairs. I was going to start this video with my video footage, but I had to do it in the bathroom <laughs> of the projector. It's a very, very cool thing. If you go to galaxylamps.co, not galaxylamps.com, so galaxylamps.co, and it's a projector that creates an amazingly wonderful, beautiful ambiance. 
I believe is the word en français. Um, hold on one second. Why can't I find this here? I brought that up. Ugh, I'm such a buffoon. Hold on one second. I've got that up here. What's my, what's my problem? I know what my problem is. Ich bin ein uns Idiot, yeah? Hold on. Wow, can I, 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 I know that I have the, <laughs> here we go. Um, you're looking at the, the okay, galaxylamps.co. It's, yeah, I don't have it here, it's in the bathroom. It's a projector and it's super cool because it actually makes like, look, people like these things when they sleep, it's very relaxing, it's sort of like, a, it's the nebulous, they're like sort of the, 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 the cosmos. Um, and it goes on the wall and it is relaxing, soothing. You can control it with your phone, which is very interesting. So you can change the settings. You can change all the stuff by, the, by your iPhone thing. But the coolest thing about it is it's not just good for putting kids to sleep, which it is. It's Halloween coming up in a week and it's good for Halloween. You want to create an ambiance of like green lights, purple lights. Um, it's fantastic. Super cool, and if you go to galaxylamps.co and you do promo code VIVA, you get 15% off your order. Just in time for Halloween. It connects to Google Alexa, so you can actually do the voice command if you want to go one step further than the iPhone command. Um, and it's, it's beautiful. The Cosmos is an amazing thing in general, uh, and this allows you to appreciate that. Look at that. It's, it's, oh, that's what I wanted to do also here. You go down here, check this out. This is the one we have the Galaxy Lamp Projector 2.0, and it is cool, it is relaxing, and if there are children who don't like sleeping in the total dark, it is a wonderful solution to it. Galaxylamps.co, promo code VIVA for 15% off. And now I'm trying to end the screen, remove it here. <laughs> Booyah. Um, all right, now I see my brother just popped into the back. So the link is in the description. Halloween is a coming, so get on it, setting up the wonderful scenario for, <laughs> for Halloween. All right, now I'm looking at my brother in the background. He's panicking. I'm going to, are, are you ready to come in, Dan? I'm going to have to, we're going to have to teach him how to fix his angle of his camera here. Dan, sir, how's it going? There you go. There, it's like rule number one of videography. You don't want the camera looking up you. You want it looking down, if anything, but level. All right, that's right. Are you on your computer? I am. Are you at an office like you actually... You're doing, yeah. you're doing the I'm law actually, thing? Yeah, I'm actually doing the law thing. <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to bring you in like this. How do I, yeah, how do I tilt it like this, you think? Dude, your hair's looking, not, I, I like it. It's like, it's no longer salt and pepper. Now it's like, it's major. Yours is like gravity's pulling yours down, man. Gravity's like, pulling it down. The gravity of the world is giving me streaks of gray, but the beard is still staying majority dark. Uh, now, you know what? We're getting there, but at least, you're uh, you, good. yeah, you're looking good. So you got a nice full head of hair and it looks like you just got a haircut too. No, I'm actually due for one. I'm actually due for one. Mm. Um, I changed my the X. Remember last time I did the inappropriate. Um, Hold hi, on. Dan. What did you do that's inappropriate? Remember the X? I had oh. the arrow pointing to the X, and it looked inappropriate. <laughs> it looked like a wiener. <laughs> yes, I remember that. Oh, Dan. Okay, so let me make sure here. Got your let documents me... ready to go. I got my documents. I got. I got both. We're gonna do a comparative. Uh, we're gonna do a comparative here. First of all. Oh, bro. Let me, let, me, okay, let me just bring up the one first so that we can actually just see what the redacted document looks like. So, for, well, actually, give us a context, Dan. How did, did you get this document? How did this document come about? What is we, this document? Go for everybody, it. Everybody who's been following this stuff knows this document was already out there, right? We all knew Canada signed the supply agreement for the vaccine with uh, Pfizer. 
And um, the big drop was from from the South Africa one. Uh, the same, what we all assume was the same agreement, right? Well, um, so that, it only matches per clause, but there might be something wildly different in it. Right. Well, yeah, there's a, there's a few there that weren't in, I mean, that's what I'd like to ultimately know. So anyhow, so South Africa came out, out a while ago and that was based on some hard work done by, I forget the name of the lawyer. I gave her a shout out in, uh, on uh Twitter. back in September. Yeah. But that was, um, she does a lot of advocacy. And so in South Africa, she got the court to, um, order the release of that document. Well, so, but we'll, I'll bring up the Canadian one. Excuse yep. me. Uh, this is the Canadian one. Now I have to make sure that I pull up the right document in the backdrop. Yeah, so you look at the date there. So that's October 2020 is when Canada signed up, right? And we knew Canada was way ahead of um, of other countries in getting uh, the, uh, the product. But I, I guess right? first, que- first question first, though, who got this document and how did they get it? Oh, um, someone, uh, this, was, this was done from a Freedom of Information um, Act request by some person a while back. And then you can now, so if someone does in Canada, if someone d- does a Freedom of Information Act request, you can get a copy of their request. And so someone uh, via uh, one of the platforms messaged me a copy of what they, of the copy that they got. So, okay. so this, 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 it's out there. And I'm saying that not, this is neither, just, just neither credit nor blame. This is, you didn't get this directly yourself. No, this was not my request. And that's important to clarify because if it was my request, then I could um, apply to the information commissioner and ask for these provisions to be unredacted. Um, but because it was not my request, I don't have, I don't think I have the right to um Okay, hold on. I'm bringing this out. I'm bringing it out for one second uh, because I, I don't. When I when I bring it up once and then I can't find it a second time to scroll through it, so I want to go back to the Canadian Pfizer document. This is it right here. Now I can scroll. Okay, uh, redactions, and we're going to do a little comparison um, to the uh, South African one. But manufacturer and supply agreement. This is what. What did you say the date of it was? We're up at the top here, October 26, 2020. Right. South Africa signed theirs in March. Um, of 2021. So we were five months ahead of schedule. I, can, 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 hold on. Can, can we just appreciate this COVID hit? I was going to say COVID. I don't know what I'm putting in quotes here. Everything is in quotes. COVID hit in t- March of 2020. And um, they were able to develop, they had this developed and ready to sign contracts for within March, April, May, June, July, August, September, October. Six months? Not going there. I'll go there. <laughs> Your um, show. Uh, you know, we're on YouTube, so I got I to gotta watch what I... I'll go there. They had the research development of the only and one and only solution to this virus within six months. And they had... How many pages is that contract? They had their manufacturer and supply agreement contract already ready to go. Within six months, bullshizer is what I'll call well, that. Okay. Hold on. Trump Trump got, with his executive orders and stuff, he got things rolling real fast for the development of this vaccine, like within a week of COVID or something crazy, didn't he? I thought. Yeah, well, not that I will not um, give Trump a pass on how things went, but even what was, you know, the Operation Warp Speed, as far as I understood, was to develop something for the vulnerable, and it was never intended to be the one-size-fits-all for children aged six months and up. So in as much blame as Trump might deserve for all of this, there's a certain portion of it that uh, he can now wash his hands of and say, well, I, this was never what it was intended to be. Within six months, they had the product and they had their contracts ready to go already. It's amazing. All right, Speed so... Of Speed of science. Now we're, <laughs> now we're going to add this and we're going to look at this again. So this is October 26, 2020. The table of contents, the redactions we're seeing here, what, what is your understanding of what you have to do to um, uh, uh, the, appeal uh, the redactions? You've got like 30 days 
And there's a separate uh, in Canada. There's a separate department that uh, that can uh, order the unredaction. But bro, it takes so long that whoever got this, um, if they got it back, I don't know if they got a copy of this Freedom of Information Act request, like released. But it took me about a year, over a year, to get um, for the vaccine injury support program contract. It took me about a year to get that one unredacted, and there was like no dispute on that one. It's like you have these uh, 30 days and then they have, uh, you know, the other party can respond and then it goes back and forth for like eh, a good chunk of like, you know, a year in some cases. Point being, um, point being this, yeah, this is date October 2020. But if you look down, it was amended. Um, so um, it wasn't there was a basically two two amendments, I think, that were significantly redacted. So it was this is the form of the framework, but it was finalized I'll, later. I'll just read the preamble. This might be news for some and it won't be news for others. This manufacturing and supply agreement dated October 26th is made okay between Pfizer, whereas Pfizer US and BioNTech SE, a company organized and existing under the laws of Germany are collaborating to develop a vaccine to address the global pandemic. Whereas subject to clinical subject to clinical success, and everyone should remember that, Pfizer, US, and BioNTech shall be responsible for all requirements and processes of approval of the clinical trials and the marketing authorization of the product. Whereas purchaser desires to purchase the product in Canada, subject to the clinical subject to the clinical success, and you, you say they don't have a vested interest in making sure that it succeeds after they sign this contract, regardless that it succeeds. Yada yada, and subject to regulatory approval in Canada. Wow, that's this is the uh, this is absolute corruption. Absolutes corrupts absolutely. Pfizer does up desires to manufacture and supply such product and purchase, whereas the parties are willing to carry the foregoing. Okay, fine. So, uh, go for it. I was going to say, I think people want to know high level because yeah, at the end of the day, this is it's basically the same as the South Africa contract, right? Yep. Except um, except what's redacted, which we're going to compare and contrast. Right. So I think high level. Um, like why? Why do they? First of all, why they redact this, right? Um, and I took some notes on this. Yeah. So someone says that they redacted uh, the redacted contract. I, I don't know that this is true. So I don't. I'm, I'm going to compare it to the South African contract in a second. Uh, let me just bring up. Bring, I'm going to bring back up here. Let's. So let's. We've got this now. Pfizer. And I want to go to. I wrote it down here. Section 2.3. First of all, BioNTech. So this presumably here, I don't know what, what proprietary information might be redacted there. 1.12, we don't even know what that is. All your, de your definitions, yada, yada, yada. Uh, I had section 2.3 for some reason here. Let me just go. Down. Oh, yes. <laughs> they, they censored the definition of vaccine, bro. Where, where, sorry. Um, let me go up. Go. What come, let's go through the alphabet. What comes after T? That's right. U, V, W, X, Y, Z. Okay. So the one point. Just. Remember, oh, well, hold on. We're going to do this in real time. I'm going to remove this one oh. and I'm going to go to the South African one. Hold on. South it's African contract vaccine. here. I can't I can't uh, do a word search on the PDF as I have it. So I'll just have to go up to the top. So what were we at? 1.15 or 1.51. Sorry, of the definitions. OK, there you go. Yeah, let's go down here. This is the Pfizer uh, uh, South African contract. I'm sure it's very, very different. TUV. Here we go. Vaccine. <laughs> We don't know. It might not be the same terms under the uh, Canadian supply agreement. Right. Vaccines shall include A, all vaccines. And I love vaccine is capital V. So it's not the word vaccine. It's the defined term in the agreement. It shall include. It can, cha it can change, right? It can change within jurisdictions and from time to time. Anyway. <laughs> I'll read it here. Vaccine, the term capital V. V for vaccine uh, shall include a all vaccines manufactured in whole or in part or supplied directly or indirectly by and on behalf or on behalf of Pfizer, BioNTech and any of their affiliates that are intended for the prevention 
of the human disease. Remember when they told you that they never said it would prevent transmission of the human disease COVID-19 or any other human disease in each such case is caused by any of the virus SARS-CoV-2 and or any all related strains, mutations, modifications or derivatives of the foregoing that are procured by purchaser its agents, et cetera, et cetera. I want to skip a little bit of this heavy verbalese rubbish. Or that are administered within the territory and whether procured or administered prior to or following the execution of this agreement, any devices, technology, or product used in the administration of or to enhance the use of effect of such vaccine, any component or constituent material of A, B, D, yada. So... you yeah, go it's, on. yeah, it's a more it's a more expansive definition than like what you'd find on Wikipedia or the dictionary, right? Because it's it's a well, it, it includes components and parts, and so it's not even the product. Although there it says the prevention of of COVID, which we were now told they never warranted that it would you know that they it would prevent transmission. So yeah, in, interesting. Okay, so that that definition was redacted. So now that was one one uh, cut and uh, or compare and contrast. Let me go back to the Pfizer contract of what Canada. One point one point five six. Okay. Section, uh, we got the section two, supply of product, massive redacted section there. Did we compare that or do we Agreement need to? to? Yeah, I don't know what that is. Ugh, I'll do that afterwards. 2.3, purchase orders. Honor the effective date, Capacity. purchasers shall submit to Pfizer a legally binding and irrevocable, irrevocable subject to clinical trials and regulatory approval. I'm sure none of those things are going to be fudged and whatever. Of, of a, a purchase order for 20 million doses. Purchaser, okay, and then we go on. So what, is 20, that, you reading, 20, what is this now? Is this this is in the Canadian one. Okay. Yeah. So we're in the Canadian one. 20 million doses. Delivery schedule, yada, yada, yada. Then oh, by the way, you missed it. Uh, capacity. It censored it there. Ta- section 2.2, right? Section 2.2. Capacity. Pfizer shall blank. All right, hold on. So section 2.2. Let's remove this. If only there were a more efficient way of doing this other than this way, but that's all we have. We've got South Africa. Section 2.2. Go for it. Let's commercially do it. reasonable. 2.2. Capacity. Uh, Pfizer shall use commercially reasonable efforts to build or obtain manufacturing capacity to be capable of manufacturing and supplying the product to purchaser. In a, what would be... Uh, I'll tell you there, why. Yeah, go on. Your, go your on, question is why would they... Re, what would be the motivation to redact that? Yeah. Um, they're going to say... I think it's, it says the explanation on the, on the uh, Canadian... It says section um, 18B of the... Access to Information Act, if you look at the top left of the Canadian version, it'll tell you which sections of the Access to Information Act they're relying on. Um, so it, it could be because commercially reasonable, um, whatever, that's that's a, like a business concept that's proprietary to Pfizer. So they don't want, um, they're, the Canada saying that that's a, because it's a business proprietary term, they're redacting it. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you what I think why. Because basically what they're saying is safety is going to be subjected to, uh, what was the term that they used Good in point. the... Uh, no, that's it. Hey, say we did our best subject to reason. Bullshit. Bull crap. That's not what safety and uh, efficiency is supposed to be measured. Reasonable business. No. Oh, well, we were manufacturing it quickly. Some of it might have had little little shards of metal in it. Others might have had DNA that wasn't supposed to be there. But we were moving at what was the term under the South African? What was the term under the South African? Reason, b- biz, reasonable commercial, whatever. What was okay. Right. I also think it shows... Um, and if, if I was in Canada, if I was in the government trying to redact this, it shows how powerful Pfizer is, right? Like it shows that it's Pfizer's discretion. It's it's in Pfizer's hands, you know, um, what how they're going to apply this commercially reasonable standard. 
right? So it really shows the power imbalance, a lot of these redactions, I think, um, no, no, no. right? I, oh, absolutely. I'm just going to, before we leave this, pull up Anthony Housefather explaining how the poor itty bitty government had their hands tied when negotiating this contract right. with, with Pfizer. I mean, he explained right. it in so many words. 2.3. Right. All right, 5.5. That's uh, unless. Do you have any notes that you want to go over before we get? Um, um, what is this on the delivery schedule? Yeah, delivery schedule. No. Again, this just shows how much how powerless Canada was. Yeah, just oh, just, product shortages. Right. This this is cool. This shows what happens if um, if Pfizer has to like reallocate um, their uh, their doses to different countries or whatever for for whatever reason. It basically again all in there just commercially reason, reasonable discretion. It's all Pfizer's. Um, you know powered yeah just we're at two it was commercially commercially reasonable efforts you right. know, for for safety and product and then what were we on it was 2.5 um product shortages if authorization is received but there are insufficient supply to deliver the full number of contract uh, contracted doses yada 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 okay i don't i don't care about this uh including to the extent of uh where where, where are we getting where are we the, getting the rent the end of the sentence including any existing shortages due to pfizer shall work collaboratively to provide okay i'll have to find out a nefarious reason for which that would have been redacted because there is no good reason uh for why any of this would have been redacted other than they think it is incriminating for some reason um, i'm just do, i'm gonna skip to 5.5 then unless there's a price and payment okay this all is set here because this is the best warranties and representations okay it was 5.2, which is yep. fully redacted. Does everyone remember what five? I, I think it's 5.2 of the South African contract, which we're going to pull up right now. Yep. South African contract, 5.2. Wait until you hear it, people. If you've been here for a while, you've already heard it a couple of times. Oh, why is this document? Is this my computer or is it the document cloud that's slow? 5.2, warranties of Pfizer. Was it 5.5? What was I at? You were 5.2, but warranties of Pfizer, yeah. Let's go up to 5.5. No other warranty. Purchaser there. acknowledgement. Yeah, yeah. Purch this is from the South African contract that was unredacted. We've talked about it, but let's just flesh it out again. Purchaser acknowledges that the vaccine, capital V, so that's the what was intended to prevent transmission and all of its components, the capital V vaccine and materials related to the capital V vaccine and their components and constituent materials are being rapidly developed due to the emergency circumstances for COVID-19 pandemic and will continue to be studied after provision of the capital V vaccine to purchaser under this agreement. Oh, just, we're going to continue studying it after the provision of the vaccine to the purchaser, which necessarily entails after the administration to the purchaser's citizens. Purchaser further acknowledges that the long-term effects and efficacy of the vaccine are not currently known and that there may be adverse effects of the vaccine that are not currently known, safe and effective. Further, to the extent applicable, purchaser acknowledges that the product shall not be serialized. Now, that was five. And what was the title on that? Um, that's purchaser, purchaser acknowledgement. acknowledgement. Okay, let me just see if we're going to go back to the Canadian one. Yeah, I think that was redacted. Warranties of Pfizer. And then we got... Oh, no, they didn't redact it. Purcha per hold is there a purchaser acknowledgement. Okay. That one wasn't. So now hold <laughs> on. 5.2. Yeah, I think... Warranties were... of Pfizer. Some, by the way, sometimes they make mistakes and they forget to redact one thing. <laughs> right? Or they redact... Hold on. 5.2. Stop screen. And let's go to 5.2 of the contract up here. 
Warranties of Pfizer. Pfizer warrants to purchase or that at the time of the delivery, the product, except for the non-compliance or failure to meet the relevant standard or requirement that could be that could not be reasonably discovered given the state of medical scientific interesting or technical technological no technical knowledge at the time Pfizer delivered the product. One complies in a material manner with the relevant specifications. This is interesting. And two has been manufactured in material in material accordance with the current good manufacturing practices subject to Pfizer's disclaimer of non-infringement. Okay. Property rights and the execution, delivery and performance of this agreement by Pfizer will not violate any agreement or instrument. So it's definitely the 5.2 a that is of interest. Now we don't know that it's the same under the Canadian contract, but we can come to conclusions. Yeah. that, but that good manufacturing practices, um, what do you call it? Capitalized term there. So that's important to know for the, uh, this issue, this latest issue that came up with the DNA, uh, plasma DNA that's been in the, uh, some of the manufacturing processes. Mm -hmm. So that, that'll be interesting to see. I don't know if some of your viewers are experts on that topic, but like, so, you know, what, what does, what does it say about manufacturing? If you switch up the process, I think Dr. Buckholz said it was like, there's a process one versus process two, like what discretion do vaccine, do manufacturers have to make those kind of changes as part, consistent with good manufacturing practices. I think, it was assumed that th by switching up the process, that was automatically a breach and everyone's consent is vitiated, right? But I think if you look at good manufacturing pro practices, whatever, I think it might say in there that you can actually change the process a bit and you don't have to tell everybody because it's not necessarily relevant. Um, even though people might bite my head off for that. I think that's the reality of it, um, right? Yeah. So no, I'm, I'm all... Um, hold on. Someone had just said something. Oh, here, hold on. Let me bring this up. Dan. Gnarly Bonesful says, is Dan a subject matter expert on supply and manufacture agreements with the government? Is this speculation or is this a regular occurrence? I don't know if that's an attack or if that's a legit no, no. question. Um, okay. I'm not. So no. So, so uh, on, on supply, I know I'm not on, uh, on these type of agreements. So that, that's a good point. I, I don't know if it's, uh, you know, what standard to include and what's not. Or, or redaction. I'm becoming a subject matter expert on uh, on Access to Information Act requests and and the Vaccine Injury Support Program agreement, but but not on uh, supply supply and manufacturing agreements. Um, just a general commercial lawyer perspective. Oh, I mean, look, there's a there's a little bit of logic in all of this as well. I've got I've got it now here. There's a little bit of logic in all of this, but the bottom line is they're redacting something from this Canadian contract. They're they're redacting it for a reason, and it's all the more peculiar given the fact that it seems that if these contracts mirror each other the way they look like they do, that information is already out there. So what's the purpose of doing it? Well, in defense, again, in defense of the government, I think they, there is an obligation for certain things to, to redact certain things. Um, and then um, if, you, if you appeal, and by the way, I just got a note from my ATIP expert, it's actually 60 days to appeal. Um, so if, if you do appeal, that's where, um, you know, Pfizer should generally waive the, if they were ethical, moral, whatever, they should waive their uh, certain things that are, that are relevant to the public interest and that are not really commercially, you know, need to be protected. Um, so yeah, that whole thing, the the, uh, the 5.5 there, the purchaser acknowledgement, I thought that was a huge problem. I raised that in uh, early September because yep. what does it say there? It says we're not sure if, if this is long-term, uh, you know, safe or not or effective. Let's, let's, let's bring up the South African, uh, no, well, it's actually, it's in the Canadian. So hold on, let's bring up the Canadian one. Stop screen. This has got to be giving some people headaches out there, the way, popping in and out of these screens. Here, 5.5. This is from the Canadian purchaser acknowledgement. And it's the same thing. The vaccine and materials related to the vaccine and their components are being rapidly developed due to the emergency, yada, yada, yada. 
Purchaser further acknowledges that the long-term effects and efficacy of the vaccine are not currently known and that there may be adverse effects of the vaccine that are not currently known. Further, to the extent applicable, purchaser acknowledges that the products shall not be serialized. And this is at the exact same time that they're coming out and saying it's safe and effective. You have to do it. And if you don't get on a plane, uh, if you don't do it, you're not getting on a plane or a train and you're putting everyone else's kids at risk while they were also, you know, retroactively saying that they never told anyone it would prevent transmission. I wonder also, because that was signed in October 2020, I wonder if they're going to say, well, in March 2021 or whenever, when we started really cracking down and making everybody get vaccinated, I wonder if they're going to say, well, at that point we had the, you know, post-market data enough to say, okay, now it's safe and effective. I think that's going to be their defense. Well, no, but, but that, that wouldn't make much sense if, to the extent that they have the same provision in the South African contract, which is already later on March, yeah. temporally. There's no, there's no, the, the, it's, it's, anyways, it, it is what it is. And what it is, in my view, is, do, okay. I, say, do I say criminal? In my humble view, it's potentially uh, horrendously uh, inhumane. Some other interesting, I'm looking at, because I took some notes, some other interesting sections you might want to touch on. Section okay. 8 and 9 was redacted in the Canadian version, and that has to deal with indemnity, um, insurance, and liability, which I thought was interesting. Um, and they're going to say this was redacted because it relates to litigation, potential litigation. I think that's the angle sometimes they take for that. Anything, like any dispute resolution clause, they also redacted um, because it relates to potential litigation. Um, Who was Minister of Procurement then? I think it was... Am I wrong? I think it was Anthony Housefather, which is the perfect segue. Let, let me just bring it up, Dan. It'll take a minute. No, he wasn't, uh, was he? Well, he is now. I'll see when he, when he came in. But here, let's listen to Anthony Housefather explain the procurement process. His words. These agreements require employees of the government of Canada that access these documents to sign confidentiality agreements. And why is that? Why is there much more redactions, as my colleague said, in these documents than in other documents? Why? It's Tell because us. these documents were signed at the beginning of the pandemic when everybody was desperate for vaccines, when companies were being told to rush vaccine production, do testing in an unprecedented way, in a way they normally don't do it. Mm. So these companies were exposed to way higher liability, putting their products on the market than they normally would mm. because they didn't do the type of testing that normally takes these drugs years to come to market. Can you they believe this? Just, just, just saying here. So that's why these companies said, if I'm going to deliver you this product that I haven't tested in my normal way, I, I want to have different conditions. Yeah. And with companies, all countries around no the world liability with each other to get these, the countries had less leverage than they normally do. For example, if we were entering into flu vaccine contracts or monkeypox contracts or other things that were normally available, this would be a different issue. But these are already signed. They were signed at a time the government didn't have that leverage. We got, we got screwed and you all suffer. Contracts with as many producers as possible because Canadians were desperate for vaccines. And Not. in the end it worked out, we got vaccines and we were one of the countries that got to vaccinate everybody the fastest. Oh uh, my goodness, that, that enrages me to hold, listen. To it, no, but hold on, I just, it doesn't enrage me because the, there's some truth to it. If they're, if they're rushing it to the market, Pfizer doesn't want to be responsible for everything that they're being pressured to do. I think an indemnity is appropriate. The question, <laughs> the issue- Is right? what they told the general public while they were doing it? Correct. The issue is misinforming. And that's, I think, why that's why they redacted it. That's why they didn't want people to know about this contract because it would have caused vaccine hesitancy. 
And in the government's mind, the vaccine hesitancy would, would have resulted in millions more people dying. And that's why they hit all this. That's why they've dragged their feet and delaying it. Because had they had people known the same, I'm, I read, read, I mentioned this to you last in February 2022. Same thing with the vaccine injury support program. If you market that thing, if you advertise it, you're advertising a danger of the product, and no one's going to want to take it. And maybe that'll cause more f- fatalities. And so the government gives itself a pat on the back and justifies its conduct by saying we save millions of lives by by vitiating by not giving people informed consent because they probably wouldn't have taken. It, uh, just right? from from it, well, yeah, it's called lying to get people to Correct. consume your product. Um, uh, a good, and it's, a good and it's also it's also called uh, concealing your concealing the fact that you're getting hosed, putting everyone at risk because whatever because you know you can't negotiate with big bad Pfizer and then yet somehow Moderna ends up with a manufacturing facility in in Laval. Amazing. Uh, it says here that he he assumed office as the parliamentary secretary to the Minister of Public Services and Procurement in December 3, 2021. Uh, and I don't know who was before him there. So maybe he wasn't the Minister of Procurement at the time. Um, I wanted to go through another funny, uh, not funny, but like an interesting, and I, po- I have a scheduled tweet on this later. If Section you, can't, if you can't laugh, cry. I mean, if you can't cry, at least laugh about it. Section 12.8. Lay, they, so on the Canada version, this has to do with the definition of what is a force majeure. An, uh, a, uh, a major force outside the control of any party that would make the contract impossible to perform. Section 12.8, let go down. Oh, oh, it's like, oh, force majeure, there we go. <laughs> Neither party shall be liable for any failure to perform the data. Uh, okay, okay, by, okay. The way, by the way, important, disca- okay, important clarification. You still have to pay, okay, during a force majeure. So like this happened with landlords, right, during, during COVID and tenants. Tenants couldn't open, but so they said that we don't have to pay because of force majeure. And they lost those cases. So commercial tenants had to pay their rent, even though it was a force measure or preventing them from operating the business, right? Um, um, yes. Okay, but hold on one second. Uh, silver is real money. Thank you for the so, for, for so the now under this contract, I'm, I'm not reading it. <laughs> now under, under this contract, this fi- the, the the manufacturing supply agreement, they have a force majeure clause, meaning uh, if Pfizer may not be able to deliver on time or at all. Um, but at least for the on time, if they're not able to deliver on time, they're allowed to delay whatever. And there's still an obligation by Canada to, to you know, eventually pay for those, um, the product. But, but look at the, the definition of force majeure. Hold on. What, what is the debt? Where, where is it under they, the, under the, under, under uh, South African? I think it's the same contract. one. Well, what's section 12.8? No, no, no. So they got arbitration. Looks like it's a little different here. Publicity, governing law, third parties, relationship. Uh, wait, down. 12.8 force measure. Okay, sorry. Neither party shall be liable for any failure to perform or any delays in performances, and neither party shall be deemed to be in breach or default of its obligations set forth in this agreement. If, can you, I hate legal contract. If to the extent and for so long as such failure or delay is due to any causes that are beyond its reasonable control and not to its acts or omissions, including with, this is a hell of a run-on sentence as they all are. Without limitation, such causes of acts of capital G God, I don't think any of these people believe in God, natural disasters, flood, severe storms, earthquake, civil disturbance, yada, 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 yada. Pandemic. So... (laughs) So I didn't get there. And then hold on. Failure or inability to pay shall not be a basis for force right. majeure. All right. So they've, they've got to respect the contract even in the event of force majeure. But but so what, what I thought was ironic was that this contract was drafted in the middle of a pandemic. And there's they have a de- the definition of force majeure, meaning Pfizer can get out of it if they're in the middle of a pandemic, which they are. So in other words, I don't know. The it entire- says, so it says neither party shall be liable. 
Um, does it mean that they, it doesn't mean that they still get paid. It just means that if they don't produce it, they will not be, if, for reasons of the pandemic, they will not be liable under the right. agreement. Right. But the, Canada can't say, oh, uh, Canada can't get out of the, the deal by saying there's a force majeure. This is kind of the, right, it, it, it uh, locks them in. And I just thought it was kind of <laughs> ironic that not even the pandemic. Um, no, it's, it's great. The, the, so we couldn't do it because of the pandemic that we're supposed to be providing the miracle cure for. Oh lordy, lordy! So, um, yeah. Oh, then... Anita Anand. They say. Let me, let me, let me see if that's the case. Anita Anand would have been the minister of procurement. Um, Anita Anand. I'll go to Wiki just to see what what they. Anita Anand, Wikipedia. Okay, now my computer's taking a little bit of time here. Yeah, she was minister of procurement from 2019 to 2021. Okay, that looks like right. Okay. Okay. I think. Um, and anyway, on the other, the other last issue that I wanted to get off my chest was the uh, dispute resolution and j- jurisdiction clause. What what is the governing law? What is the governing law? I would have thought if well, I'm I want to take a guess. Yeah, it guess. should. Well, it's either going to be Canada or German. <laughs> wait, wait. Where is where is Pfizer's? Uh, why would I say German? I think Pfizer. Yeah, no, I think where's Bi- where's BioNTech uh, manufactured? It was Pfizer US. Uh, where is the governing law? Uh, I don't know for sure, to be honest. I assume, based on South Africa, I assume Canada had the same bargaining power as South Africa. And so in that contract, it says they've got to go to New York. Okay. Um, which to me, again, I'm not a subject matter expert in international uh, you know, supply agreements for vaccines, but I would have thought if I'm the king of Canada or the, Her Majesty at the time, and I'm calling. I'm saying no, no, no. I'm not submitting to New. No offense to your U.S. followers. I'm not submitting to U.S. law. I'm submitting to Canadian law. But the point is, beggars can't be choosers. Canada was a beggar at that point, and we had to submit uh, they, to. They, they, they were a beggar. If you don't think that they're all okay, never. There's some collusion, colluded, concerted effort here. Mister Sauerkraut says, "Did I just get the great Viva to respond to my comment?" Maybe, <laughs> well, if you got it twice, Mister Sauerkraut. Um, all right, Dan. What do you got? What are you working on these days? Uh, just the usuals. The usuals uh, on the on the uh, whole vaccine fronts. We got some uh, the usual wrongful uh, terminations. We're trying to settle some cases there, and then um, slowly working through. I mean, it's the the vaccine injury support program. I'm not really taking on new cases. Just trying to help. Any any, any uh, definitive concrete results, or is it still going through the the process um, that, that you can some... talk about? There's some crap. I feel like it's getting ready to crack, but it's, it's basically you've got to get your doc, your medical documents really lined up. And so that's kind of the delay at the end of the day for a lot of these. But I'm, I'm sensing that there's more willingness now by the vaccine injury support program to, uh, to expedite and pay. Um, but it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's rough. It is rough. All right, man. Uh, Dan, I'm going to, I'm going to bring this party on over to rumble and there's going to be a very, very funny, uh, initial video there. Link to Rumble. Everyone, come on over to there. And then at the end of this, we're going to end it and go over to vivabarnslaw.locals.com. Uh, Dan, you're going you're gonna to be on the screen for one last shout out to today's sponsored sponsor, Galaxy. Here we go. Galaxylamps.co. Oh, look, uh, you're the real deal now. You got to do, you have sponsorship. I got, well, and it's actually, it's a product that we have. <laughs> so it's like, it's, it's, the, it's the win-win. Galaxylamps.co, people. Halloween is coming. Viva promo code. 15% off. Okay. Dan. I'm going to buy one now. Go, there, it's actually kind Let of cool. Let me go. All okay. right. Go. Yeah. Thanks for having me. All right, man. See you soon. Peace. Bye. Oh. 
I'm sweating. I can feel the sweat dripping down my chest because this makes me so angry where, oh, lying to you in real time. I think it was Tom McDonald who said in one of his songs, if you lie to the government, they put you in prison. When they lie to all of us, it's called being a politician. Lies. Boldface lies that we're only now discovering, but everyone just wants to, we just want to get back to regular, we don't want to be reminded that we might have put at risk the people that we were entrusted to protect on this earth by believing what they were telling us. Okay, I, I'm not going to get too far into it because I'm going to save it for Rumble. But I do want to show everybody where we're going with this. Hold on, hold on, hold on. The classic, no, that's not it. No, 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 no. Oh, here we go. Two things at once. This is where we're going, people. <laughs> Come on over to Rumble as I end this on YouTube. VivaBarnesLaw.Locals.com on Locals. We can, I'll give everybody the link for that as well, where you got the party. We have the after party. Oh, we're going to watch this, and we're going to laugh at this, and I'm going to share some thoughts. Some really, really, like, sinister, um, black-pilled, doom-pilled thoughts that go beyond selling your soul for a little bit of that beautiful pharma money. I got my pharma money. Does everybody watch uh, Teen Titans and they got that waffle money? I got my waffle money. Hey, they got that Pfizer money. But it's even, it, the possibilities are even darker than that. We'll get into it on Rumble as we end this on YouTube in three, two, one, booyah. 731 people should be migrating over to the great Rumbles. Now, okay, we're there. Let me see something here, um, and we're going we're gonna to play that back in a second. Okay. All right, now let's get into that, that Pfizer money. You see, the problem now is i got to go find this tweet in the back. Okay, now I know who this guy is. What's his name again? T. Kels. Travis Kels, or Kelsey? Kelsey. Travis Kelsey. I'm going to see if he blocked me yet. I know it's coming. I know it's coming because they don't manage their social media accounts. And when you rag on them for having sold their souls to the Pfizer devil, uh, they invariably and inevitably rapidly block you. Let me see. Still good. I'm still not blocked. That check is in the mail. But let's watch this wonderful, wonderful piece of horrendous propaganda. This is Travis Kelsey. I'm not, I, I interviewed Dr. Drew yesterday in studio at Locals, and the currently practicing Dr. Drew explained to me some statistics, which are undeniable, um, demonstrable, verifiable at this point in time, even though some people in the chat still take issue with Dr. Drew's overall analysis. There's a certain demographic that has a certain demonstrable risk for a certain something that was never, ever, ever in the history of humankind regarded as mild, just a mild case of myocarditis for a um, you know, young adolescent male. He might be a little bit past the adolescent part. Look at this piece of propagandist rubbish that Travis Kelsey put out. Travis, did you know you can get this season's COVID-19 shot when you get your flu shot? Uh, two things at once. Two things at once. Look how happy he is. What the hell is going on here? I mean, that guy on top looks like he's constipated. Two things at once. Oh, he's eating a nice lobster at a fancy restaurant dressed in a suit. It's amazing. It's a good life. That's what that Pfizer box buys you. Now back to two things at once. 
<laughs> oh, is that is that funny? He's a human after all. He gets nagged by his mother as well. Travis, ask about getting this season's COVID-19 shot when getting your flu shot. How much did they pay him for that? And I think of what someone's going to get the, the verse of the Bible. What good is all the fortunes of this world for he who has forsaken his soul? Two, two things at once. And I made my, uh, what I think is a very funny joke. Well, if you include the risk for myocarditis in the demographic that is targeted by that piece of propagandist rubbish, well, you might get three things at once. Plus, if you uh, include the seat in hell that you just reserved yourself, Travis, you get four things at once for that. Oh, it's just, it's, they're still pushing this crap. Did we not just read the provision of the South African contract, the manufacture and supply agreement? They don't know. They still don't, hey, Pfizer can wash their hands. We told the government we make no warranties and representations as to safety and efficacy long-term because we don't know. You're getting, you're getting 15 things at once. And the, the absolute dark and cynical thought, it wasn't even mine because, uh, you know, like my Twitter profile says, you know, as cynical as I think I am, it's tough to keep up. Someone says like, you know, it, it's, it's going to be a little crass. And I apologize in advance, but I'm going to go there regardless. Travis Kelsey is dating, uh, what's her face? Taylor Swift. I, I am a married man in love with my wife and my wife only, and there's no but to that. There are other people on this earth who covet thy neighbor's wife, who said, oh, that's one heck of a good deal. You, you imagine, like, I just said, oh, that Pfizer money's got to be very good. And someone in, in the reply, I think it was to the tweet, says, oh, yeah. And plus, you know, he gets to uh, Taylor Swift. And I was just thinking, like, can you imagine if that level of depravity actually exists in this world? And It might not be a contract, like, hey, you done good, Travis. Now here's your concubine or whatever the heck you want to call it. But can you imagine if just, if the, if the world works to some extent like that? You got Travis Kelsey shoveling out the Pfizer crap, now dating... Taylor Swift, who shows up to football games, jacks up the viewership and the revenues of the football games, which have been in a steep slump because everybody wants to catch their glimpse of Taylor Swift. I keep forgetting her name. And Travis Kelsey raking in that Pfizer box. And it's just, it's just a wonderful, uh, disgusting world in which we live. And that, that, that pro it never, the thought never even crossed my mind until I read the comment. But then, my goodness, can it make sense? Like, here's, here's your reward of Travis. See how long that relationship lasts. See how organic that relationship is. Everyone benefits. NFL benefits. Travis Kelsey benefits. Pfizer benefits. It's an amazing thing. So it's in a, and even if it's just selling your soul for the Pfizer bucks and the innocent souls that follow that propaganda and statistically one in 5,000 according to um, Kieran Moore, Dr. Kieran Moore out of Ontario, yeah. according to some studies, one in 800. Those poor souls, he's got that Pfizer money. And it's good. How much do they pay her? She's an effing delusion, Fry. I don't know what that means, Sariel, but jeez, uh, anyhow. No, that's it. Yeah, that's it. That's, I just had to show you. Know, hey, you get, you get your two for one. Two things at once. You might get three things at once, and some of you might get your four things at once. Enjoy the, enjoy the riches. 
All right, now what I was going to do is I was going to go over to the Crumble France and just see what we got here. Finboy Slick says, gotcha. Hopefully about locals. What happened about locals? Okay, nothing happened at locals. VivaBarnesLaw.locals.com. And then the second uh, Crumble rant before we get into Jenna Ellis. Righteous indignation, mention of canine bodily fluids, paid promotion, neurosis about forgetting locals. This is the Viva Fry I know. <laughs> uh, we are live on locals, right? And you don't want to know what else I've learned? So I've been doing these stretches for my sciatic, which has been hurting me. And one of them says, put a tennis ball under your leg while you're sitting. Well, I've been putting a dog treat, a dog chew toy under my leg because depending on the level of pressure that I want, I can go with the big tennis ball level pressure or I can go with the lesser bone portion pressure, which I've been using and it takes a little bit of weight off the sciatic and it seems to, seems to be working. And the figure four stretch, which also seems to be working. Oh, here, hold on a sec. I think we might've gotten the, um, the portion here. Ginger Ninja 1776. Ginger Ninja is the member of our, the supporter from our locals community, member of our locals community, made the most absolutely beautiful, stunningly one-of-a-kind, magnificent chessboard, uh, and then made a video about how he did it. He says, Mark 8, 36 to 37, Jesus speaking, for what does it profit a man to gain the whole world and forfeit his soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? I'm not a religious person, but I can appreciate damn good lessons of life when I hear them. And now speaking of which, what, is, what, what are all the riches of this world worth for he who has forsaken his soul? Uh, there's a, a flip side analogous understanding to that interpretation of that, or just, you know, lesson to that. Bearing false witness to oneself. We're going to get into Jenna Ellis now. I do my absolute best to be as empathetic as humanly possible. And I don't think I have a choice because I know as a matter of fact that I, it's an affliction. I'm saying I suffer from something called hot empathy, which is I will feel other people's pain even if they don't feel pain for themselves. And I'm not saying this to like say that I'm all virtuous and whatever. I look at Justin Trudeau and every now and again with him, I'm, I'm past that point. I look at his eyes and I just feel deeply sorry for the human being. I, I, I just feel sorrow for what an awful repulsive creature he has allowed himself to become. Even if he does not hate himself, even if he doesn't feel that himself. When I look at people who are doing terrible things and I say, I, I can empathize with the circumstances of life with, you know, the, the genetic, I don't know, biochemical deficiencies or whatever that allow people, contribute to people doing terrible things. It's one of my problems that I had when practicing law. I would destroy, eviscerate, break into tears a witness while cross-examining them. My client would be happy and I would go home that night feeling terrible, even if it was deserved. I'm thinking of Jenna Ellis right now. Jenna Ellis, she's been on the channel a couple times. I had her on to talk about the in Georgia indictment. And um, I don't know what I would do if I were in the position of Jenna Ellis, Sidney Powell, uh, Cheesebro, who's the latest one who pleaded? I, I forget his name. I don't know what I would do in their circumstances. They have the full brunt of a highly weaponized prosecutorial judicial system media enterprise coming down on them, bearing the brunt down on them in real time. I don't know what I would do. But when you know that you are um, not a criminal, 
when you know that you haven't lied, when you know that you haven't done anything wrong and they compel you, they coerce you into condemning yourself, I can understand why people do it and then I can have a great um, bit of resentment for why they've done it uh, in, in certain circumstances more than others. Sidney Powell, at the time of the election, came out with the Kraken theory. You know, she has the Kraken. It's coming incontrovertible evidence of the ghost of Hugo Chavez, servers being, you know, uh, raided, flip votes, et cetera, et cetera. She was convinced about it. She said she was convinced about it. She led hundreds of thousands of people. I think, is it down a primrose path? She misled hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people that caused them to be discredited. The theory that she put forward, other than jeopardizing herself, which we said at the time, jeopardized the legitimate, um, baseful, not baseless, but the legitimate election contest. It, it undermined everything. It was the red herring that the media needed to undermine and ignore the actual election fortification as described in the Time Magazine article. But she believed it. She was a true believer who, come time for her to defend her true beliefs, cops the sweetest deal of the ascending dominoes of plea deals that we're seeing right now. That's, that's a betrayal, not just to herself, but to others as well. But it's a betrayal to herself. Then you got Cheesebro, who also pleaded. He didn't get quite as good of a deal as um, Sidney Powell. And this morning, maybe it happened yesterday, I, I discovered it this morning. No, it, was, it was this morning. Jenna Ellis pleaded, pleaded, pleads, please. And I listened to the entire 23-minute um, hearing, and I just cut what I think is the most important part of it. Jenna addressing the court, and I, not to, if, if anybody hasn't read 1984, now is, now is the time. Like 1984 is, is my uh, Bible of sorts because it's got all the lessons that everybody needs to understand in terms of politics. It's a political Bible. Although I think the, the original Bible is probably also the political Bible as well. This, was the, I, this is the abridged quotation. It was uh, Winston from 1984 looking up at the big poster of Big Brother and he says, oh, what was hidden behind that mustache? It was a misunderstanding. Why all of this strife, all of this suffering for a mere misunderstanding? Quote, two gin-scented tears trickled down the sides of his nose, but it was all right. Everything was all right. The struggle was finished. He had won the victory over himself. He loved Big Brother. That's the end of the book. This is Jenna Ellis bearing false witness to herself a second time. And we had had the discussion as to what was learned the first time when she bore false witness to herself for the ethics complaint. I think it was in Colorado. And we had learned this lesson from James O'Keefe, who said never again would he bear false witness against himself. It was the biggest mistake he ever made in his life. Here she is bearing false witness against herself and, and, and betraying, betraying herself, among others. Thank you, Your Honor, for the opportunity to address the court. I, I, I'm telling you this, I, I genuinely feel bad for her. I genuinely feel bad for her. And these are the tears in my view, not the same tears as Winston at the end of 1984. She is not truly believing what she's saying. I don't think. Maybe I'm wrong and maybe I'm giving her too much of the benefit of the doubt. This is a coerced settlement because her life was set up to be ruined one way or the other. You know, she, if she goes to court, goes to trial and goes to jail, that's going to put some, you know, a stick in the spokes of her life. If she does what she's doing now, that's going to put 
the sticks in the spokes of her life as well. And she is now being forced to betray herself. And I think that's what the tears are. I don't think these are true Winston tears of, I now genuinely love Big Brother. I've convinced myself that two plus two is five. I think this is, I'm crying because I'm betraying myself and everyone else out there who supported me in my stated fight for the truth. And we'll get to that. As an attorney who is also a Christian, I take my responsibilities as a lawyer very seriously. And I endeavor to be a person of sound moral and ethical character in all of my dealings. In the wake of the 2020 presidential election, I believed that challenging the results on behalf of President Trump should be pursued in a just and legal way. I endeavored to represent my client to the best of my ability. I relied on others, including lawyers with many more years of experience than I, to provide me with true and reliable information, especially since my role involved speaking to the media and to legislators in various states. What I did not do, but should have done, Your Honor, was to make sure that the facts the other lawyers alleged to be true were in fact true. In the frenetic pace of attempting to raise challenges to the election in several states, including Georgia, I failed to do my due diligence. I believe in and I value election integrity. If I knew then what I know now, I would have declined to represent Donald Trump in these post-election challenges. I'll, I'll actually break this down afterwards. I'll just let it play out. I look back on this whole experience with deep remorse. For those failures of mine, Your Honor, I have taken responsibility already before the Colorado Bar who censured me, and I now take responsibility before this court and apologize to the people of Georgia. Thank you. And thank you, Ms. Ellis, for sharing that all too often. Uh, I don't get to hear the perspective of the accused in this case, in these cases, mm. and so that's appreciated. That's appreciated. Th thank you for, thank you for groveling for the mercy of the court and bearing false witness against yourself and discrediting yourself to everyone who had supported you in this endeavor. And I'm not saying that judgmentally. I'm saying that as a matter, of, just as a matter of fact, because this is, this is duress. And anybody who says otherwise uh, is deluding themselves. But I want to break it down from the beginning because it's, a, it's, a, it's also an interesting, Jenna will be able to convince herself uh, that she admitted no wrongdoing here. She relied on the warranties and representations of more experienced lawyers. I'm thinking Sidney Powell and Rudy Giuliani. She was merely the spokesperson. You know, we don't need to play it again. She was merely the spokesperson for the Trump campaign. She wasn't doing the due diligence. She was repeating what she was told. In the actual full 23-minute hearing, they go through five or six statements, which they are now saying were demonstrably, incontrovertibly false. But she's saying, I relied on people with more experience. I should have done my own duty. And had I known then what I know now, I would have declined to represent Trump. That's a different statement than saying, had I known then what I know now, I would have made different public statements. Because at the end of the day, you're damn right she believed what she was doing at the time. And you're damn right she believes it now. But what she is facing now is simply too much for her to face. Actual jail time of a system that is totally flipping corrupt. And so now she's got to say, not that I would have said anything differently, but I would have, if I'd known them what I knew now, that they were actually going to come after lawyers and criminalize the practice of law, criminalize the representation of a client. Hell yeah, I would have said no. Some people are saying, you know, like, well, you, this is why I think there might be some fault here for not coming out and defending those who defended him vocally. I'm not sure what he can say that wouldn't be considered further RICO uh, interference with the, the co-defendants. 
But my goodness, yeah, sure. sure I, would have done, I, I, would, I would have declined to represent him because I didn't know that they were going to come after lawyers and criminalize the practice of law. I would have just found another profession. I still, and, I, and, and the, the problem, however, and it's a big one, the betrayal to herself is one thing. The betrayal to everyone else who came out and said, we, we want to help you in this pursuit. We know that this is an injustice. We know that you are receiving the short end of this political prosecution stick. And she raised, a give, you know, brought up a give, send, go to which a lot of people donated. And I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not suggesting that this was all a ploy from the very beginning to get a $200,000. I mean, that's a lot of money. It's not life-changing money, and it sure as hell is not money that you can use for the rest of your life. Um, but it, you know, it, it was the statements in the give, send, go, the, the, go the, the give, send, go that was set up for her by her attorney. This is the official crowdfunding support page for Jenna Ellis, created by her legal team. Jenna Ellis, a former senior legal advisor and personal counsel to President Trump, is being targeted, and the government is trying to criminalize the practice of law. Help us fight back and stand for the truth. I donated to this. I donated to this, even though at the time I donated to it, I was taking a lot of flack from, from, from people who had already said Jenna has, you know, was throwing Trump under the bus. She was a turncoat. She jumped on the DeSantis camp and started pooping all over Trump supporters. I was like, even if, I, even if you believe that, this is bullshit. Even if you believe that. You, and if you believe that, all the more reason to show not just good faith, but principled support. I will support the people who I don't even align myself with ideologically at this point. And I'm trying not to, I'm trying to withhold judgment because I don't know what I would do in that circumstances, but help her fight back and stand for the truth. And, you know, you raise $216,000 for the defense to stand for the truth. Some people say that was never going to be enough. Others are saying, you know, well, it was a grift. I, th dude, th that's not enough money for the rest of your life to have burnt the bridges that Jenna has burnt by bearing false witness to herself. So uh, even in all of that, I still feel bad for her because that's, that's not even the riches of this earth to sell your soul. That's, that, that, that might be enough to get through a few years of life. You know, the, the, where it will really be problematic is if in two to three to five years, um, you know, you see some of these people on CNN, MSNBC, raking in those big checks. That, that will be the ultimate betrayal. But $216,000, some people are going to see that as a grift. That's not enough money in the world to burn the bridges that Jenna has just burnt. And I'm sure it pains her to do it. Now, Robert Govea, a man who I deeply respect um, has a different, uh, he has a different perspective on these, on these plea deals. I think it's a little bit more rosy and optimistic. I appreciate that he's got uh, more experience and knowledge by a long shot than me, but I've heard differing interpretations by legal minds, and I know which ones I found more plausible. But everybody, you, you might you go to Robert Govea this evening. He does the afternoon recaps, and they're amazing. But I don't, you know, I don't, I don't chalk this up as a win for uh, the defendants. Uh, I, I don't chalk this up as a, as a W, uh, as an L for Fannie Willis. I, this is a big, fat, um, this is a big, fat W for Fannie Willis. I, I want to show you the graphic, which I think is absolutely on point, if I dare say so myself. It's a good meme. Everybody should, or a good, a good, a good graphic. Everybody should keep this one in mind here. This was in response to Kyle Becker, to which he, I'll get his, his tweet, but 
So you know, this this is the cascading up of plea deals here. Let's just let's just pause it. Stop. That little one on the bottom, that's Sidney Powell, you see? And then one after that is Cheesebro. And now we're getting into the bigger planks because I think getting Jenna Ellis to plea to what she pleaded to and ostensibly throwing Giuliani under the bus. Well, I think Giuliani, I don't know if Giuliani's going to flip. I, I, we'll see. But this is what it is, people. One plea deal leading to another plea deal and they're going for that big plank, Donald Trump. And everybody knows that it's bullshit. Everybody knows the prosecution's bullshit. Does everybody listen to Leonard Cohen? Everybody knows. Um, anyhow, that's it. So that, that's the latest. She pleaded, uh, you know, she pays a $5,000 restitution. She's got five years of probation. She had to beg the court to let her go back to Florida today because they couldn't get the agreement in. And if they couldn't get the agreement in, then she couldn't leave Georgia because of jurisdiction. Can you please? I mean, groveling and begging for mere freedom. I want to read what Ginger Ninja said here. Ginger Ellis, Ginger Ninja, 1776. Hey, what, watch that. Watch that handle, Ginger. <laughs> Ellis calls on God, blames more experienced attorneys. Viva, those aren't the tears of sadness for betrayal of the truth or people who support her fight. Those are tears of pity. She is, I, I'll disagree with you. I like you and I, I'll disagree with you. I think those are, those are tears of betrayal of her own principles. And she knows what she's doing. But self, oh, for her, she is nothing but self-centered and she is throwing a pity party for herself. She still views herself as nothing but an innocent, perfect martyr. May she live to see herself be treated the way she should. Well, she's, we'll see, man. She might, if, 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 if ever you see Jenna Ellis on like CNN or MSNBC as a senior political consultant or legal analyst, that'll solidify, uh, that'll solidify the deal, but... <clears throat> Anyhow, I, I, I'm still, I, I, I know what I, I know, I know the crap I took when I, when I had her back on. I know the crap I took when I donated, when I promoted that Give, Send, Go. And this is not about my ego whatsoever. I wouldn't do anything differently knowing now, maybe I, if the plan was always to, to plead out, then why raise nearly a quarter of a million dollars for your defense to stand for the truth? I, I know how much the defense could have, would have, and probably ultimately, you know, would have costed. But the warranties and representations of that give, send, go, stand for truth against a weaponized, politicized, prosecutorial process. My goodness, that was supposed to be the purpose. Not only is she cutting a sweet deal for herself, which is understandable, but in so doing, much like Sidney Powell and Cheesebro, she is throwing under the bus those bigger planks, and they don't care about any of the planks except for the biggest one. Because once the biggest one falls, after that, if and when... The meme, and it's a great one, they're not coming after Trump because they hate Trump. They're coming after Trump because he stands in the way of them control. What did they say? They're not coming after Trump. They're coming after you. And Trump just happens to be in the way. (laughs) Crack my knuckles. Sorry, I know that pisses people off. Okay, so that's the latest from Jenna Ellis. Let me get to some comments that are not uh, only rumble rants. Chrissy Kingdom says she lied to get donations. Huh, is that not a crime? I I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to make her suffer any more than she's already suffering. Uh, she probably will be sued for it now, says Chrissy Kingdom. Um, Ghost Knight, I have to, I have to read uh, just, just in advance so I don't get myself into too much trouble. Ghost Knight 7777 said, The powers that killed millions in Russia and China have their sights on North America. Everyone should listen to, or I say listen to because that's why I listen to books. Um, Michael Malice's White Pill. You, you wonder how millions of people could have starved 
in, in, you know, in, in the 20th century. Yeah, in the 20th century. How could millions of people have possibly starved? My goodness. Do, do we know how many millions of people, tens of millions of people have starved as a result of the COVID response? Interruption of supply chains. Bill Gates, I think at one point said 300 million people at the risk of starvation because of interrupted supply chains. Communism, that's how. Socialism, fascism, whatever you want. Consolidation of government, media, agriculture, nationalizing of what individuals do better than the states. Yeah, they killed tens of millions in Russia, in Mao Zedong's China. And, and, and the, the method of doing it, history doesn't repeat, but it tends to rhyme. I'm putting the dog bone back under my, back under my leg with the dog bone part for mild pressure relief, not total pressure relief. And now I'm looking at Pudge, who's kicking her legs as we sleep. Okay, actually, I gotta show you this. This is kind of cool. So Pudge, she's paralyzed, but she's getting some movement back. And I, okay, I'm gonna zoom in a little bit. Look at this, this is so cool. This is actually scientifically cool, and we're gonna hear in real time. She's dreaming, and she's clearly running in her dream. Okay, here you go. Look at this, look at this. And you see her legs twitching here. Look at this. This is so cool. This is actually scientifically cool. We're going to hear in real time. She's dreaming and she's clearly... Is the tail going to go again? Well, that's it. L little twitches. It's very cool. She still runs in her dreams. That, I get, is that a white pill? Pudge the paralyzed puggle still runs in her dreams. And she poops in her sleep. So there's that. Okay. All right. Uh, let me see if I got any other chats that, that, uh, that uh, we should read. Um, maybe $250,000 isn't a fortune, but it's a hell of a shopping spree. Well, at this point, it's going to be a hell of a, oh, that, that, that came from, oh, cripe. Did I just lose that? Let me see if I can get it. It's, it, it it'll, it'll be a shopping spree, but unfortunately that's from Tech Raji. It'll be one heck of a shopping spree, but given that she will be unemployable, uh, for, uh, it, and I'm not saying this to be like a curse or, or a, you know, an insult. She's going to be unemployable for a long time. Uh, that's gonna you know, that, that'll pay necessities of life, and life ain't cheap, and it's not getting any cheaper. Okay, I think we've harped on that for long enough. Um, <laughs> I just read someone said that's beautiful, except for the poop part. All right, well, speaking of uh, not beautiful, let's get to Canada. Tamara Lich, people, uh, has been uh, she's she's suffering the brunt of the Canadian prosecutorial process, politicized prosecutorial process, politicized judicial process. Tamara Lich, uh, Chris Barber, they are currently, they're in their third or fourth week of their criminal trial. Third or fourth week. I don't even know what we're up to right now. It's going on so long that the Crown has to stay um, certain charges as it relates to violation of bail conditions because they don't have enough time because their trial on mischief, incitement to mischief, um, uh, what was it, obstruction of justice, they're into their third or fourth week it's a bloody gong show. Tamara Lich, one of the organizers of the Freedom Convoy, uh, raised money so that people could pay their expenses as they traveled across the country to amass in downtown Ottawa, the capital of Canada, to protest in front of the Capitol building, the Parliament building. She got arrested for mischief, incitement of mischief and obstruction, among other things, jailed for a couple of weeks, released after being detained on mischief charges, rejailed on alleged violation, breach of bail conditions, all the biggest load of uh, shizzle 
you can possibly imagine. And uh, the news of the day, people. The Crown has dropped their charges. Now, I'm saying drop their charges, even though there's no legal definition, there's no legal concept of dropping charges in Canada because there's what they call an administrative stay. Or it's, not, it's a prosecutorial stay of the charges. So here, here's the headline. Or sorry, not, not the headline. Do I bring up the headline? I thought I put the headline up there as well. This is from CBC. Tom Morazzo is another one of the individuals involved and, and Tamara Leach's alleged breach of her bail conditions was interacting with Tom Morazzo, another co-defendant, by virtue of the fact that they took a picture together at a gala the Justice Center for Constitutional Freedoms, oh, geez, I'm going to forget the name. It's a Freedom Award. It'll come to me in a second if it's not here. That was the violation, alleged violation of her bail conditions because when she was released from jail after two weeks of detainment on mischief charges, the dude who ran over four people in Winnipeg got out sooner than that. Uh, she took a picture with Tom Morazzo and she said something to him at a gala that she was authorized to go to. Jonas... Jonas Freedom Award. I forget, uh, forget the rest of it. Morazzo was never charged by police for his role in the protest, helped organize the Freedom Convoy during its time in Ottawa, and at times appeared as an official spokesperson for the demonstrators. Yada, yada, yada. Lich was taken into custody in Medicine Hat, uh, Alberta, on June 22nd, after Ottawa issued, the Ottawa police issued a Canada-wide warrant for his arrest for alleged breach of bail conditions. A Canada-wide warrant. I don't have much... Criminal law experience, none practice. I studied it. Uh, from what I understand and what has been explained to me, that's rather exceptional to issue a Canada-wide warrant for arrest for alleged breach of bail conditions. She was not allowed to contact Morasso and others involved in the protest without lawyers present as part of the conditions attached to her original charges stemming from her role in organizing the protest. But she was released with new conditions about a month later. Oh, that's just about a month. Released again about a month later detained in jail for alleged violation of bail conditions on charges that at their core were nonviolent mischief charges. And someone's going to tell me this is not the biggest load of crap in human history. During a brief court appearance on Mon uh, Monday, Crown prosecutors announced they were staying the bail-related charge against Leach. A charge being stayed means the issue of guilt versus innocence doesn't get settled. Oh my goodness. And I said to that... The Crown drops the charges for bail violation after issuing a Canada-wide warrant for her arrest for alleged breach of bail conditions. The Crown drops the charges for bail violation after she was jailed for alleged breach of bail conditions. And look at the pathological framing from state-funded propagandist CBC News. It doesn't mean she's innocent. She will always be potentially conceptually guilty. And I just want to go back to that. A charge being stayed means the issue of guilt versus innocence doesn't get settled. You know what? There's a presumption of innocence. And so what it means is that the crown, did I just close everything? I didn't. It means that the crown has stayed the charges such that uh, in theory, I think they have 12 months within which to potentially revive the charges, continue the charges, although they don't do that except exceptionally. You know what it means? Her presumption of innocence has not been refuted beyond a reasonable doubt. Now, nah, but you know, CBC just you know always wants to always wants to keep the guilt out there. You're guilty until proven innocent, and you're guilty even when you're not proven guilty. Now, some some smartasses on the interwebs. I love it. I've got a, I've got a number of trolls. Actually, I 
I've, I, I don't see all of them because um, I, I mute the people who I know are just of bad faith annoyances. Um, and with all of these sex bots and auto replies, I mean, the amount of muted accounts, now I mute those because I still don't want to block those. I don't want any account saying I block them. They want to spam and do all their sex bot crap. Maybe someone's into it. I don't have to see it, but you can do it on my timeline if you want. Some smart asses out there like, Viva, they didn't, they didn't drop the, the charges. They stayed them. You're an idiot lawyer, so you've got to figure that. I was like, oh my God, you guys are idiots. I, I, you're, you're idiots for a number of reasons, and I don't like using that word, but sometimes it's warranted. They didn't, you're a dumb lawyer. You don't know the difference between dropped and stayed. It's like, first of all, Drop is a colloquial term that we use to refer to what was done. But I'm quoting the freaking headline for Twitter drafting effect from CTV News. Crown drops bail violation charge against Freedom Convoy organizer Tamara Leach from CBC News. Crown drops bail violation charge for Tamara Leach from the Toronto Star. All rags not even worth rubbing your dirty bunghole with. Crown drops bail, bail violation charge against, quote, Freedom Convoy organizer Tamara Litch. Yeah, you're all so freaking smart. You don't even click to read the headline of the propaganda that has already convinced you. Oh, yeah, there is no legal term, legally defined term for drop, but colloquially, A, that's what is understood when they say we are not pursuing the charge anymore. Why? Their excuse is that we've run, we've run out of time because we've been pursuing the trial on mischief for three freaking plus weeks. We don't have tr time. Or you know what they did? They realized it was a load of crap charge from the beginning. But lo and behold, they no longer even need to prove guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. They get the CBC to maintain that for the rest of Tamara Leach's life. Oh, she'll always be not innocent. Scum of the earth. Period. Sorry for swearing. I didn't swear, actually. Uh, so that's the latest on Tamara Leach. She's still going through her trial. I'm going to try to get, uh, if I can't get, um, if I can't get Eva, Eva Chipiak back on, the lawyer, the criminal lawyer, who was the lawyer for the, not the criminal lawyer, I'm sorry, the lawyer for the convoy, I'll try to get uh, Krejcik, Robert Krejcik from Rebel News. I'm going to get someone back on who's covering this, following it day in and day out. But like, at some point, it's a flipping joke. That it goes on for four weeks doesn't mean that there's four weeks of developments to watch in this trial. It means it's four weeks of prosecutorial abuse. And Tamara Leach, who has raised enough money for her defense, has to pay for her defense while taxpayers pay for her prosecution. She hasn't, she hasn't buckled. She hasn't bent the knee. Although in fairness, even if she gets convicted, I suspect you know it might be time served already or something along those lines. But she is someone who is prepared to go to jail. She is someone who has spent, I think it's an aggregate of 59 or 54 days in jail already on non-violent mischief charges and alleged breach of bail conditions. She spent time in jail for that only so the godforsaken crown can come in and drop the charges, stay those charges against her after three and a half weeks of a horse rubbish prosecution. Yep, nothing to see there. All right, but that's not all that we have coming out of Canada in terms of the rubbish. And this one's good also. I mean, it's good as in the most black pill that you'll ever get. I guess, who is it? Bongino saying it's got to get worse. It's not bad enough yet. Um, let's, let's, let's do this here. And then we're going to get to a funny one about the uh, 
Joe Biden's $200,000 check. I've I've railed against it. I've been on Steve Bannon's show talking about it. I I will rail to anybody who will listen about what's going on in Canada with the eugenics era Hitler level stuff. And I'm, and I'm, you know, everyone's gonna say, Viva, that's a horribly insensitive um, comparison. How dare you do that? Forbes, uh, Trudeau, Nazi. And look at what comes up, people. You know, at some point, you make the comparisons because the comparisons exist. This is from Forbes magazine. So you want to call me an insensitive prick for making comparisons that I think are well within the bounds of reason and historical understanding to make at this point? Yeah, I was slow. I was slow to get on a number of bandwagons because I prefer to be cautious and I prefer to be circumspect in my words. Euthanizing the mentally ill is a Nazi era um, policy. They had a different word for it. They called it mercy killings. They didn't call it maids, medical assistance and dying. Euthanizing the mentally ill. And now, as we're going to get into, they're talking about euthanizing drug or authorizing, expanding euthanasia to drug addicts. This is from Forbes magazine. Canada's new euthanasia laws carry upsetting Nazi-era echoes, warn experts. You're going to call me, a, uh, you're going to call me names? You're going to call Forbes names. You're going to call the expert, the legal expert. I don't even call myself an expert. You're going to call this legal expert insensitive. How dare you make that analogy? It's so terrible. It's so disrespectful to people who live. My grandfather escaped Nazi Germany. He escaped Poland in 1936. Nobody's going to lecture me and moralize me about when it's an appropriate time to say what we're witnessing right now. It's not the same distance, but it's the same bloody direction. And I'm not going to go through this in its entire way. I've done it before. Canada's extremely liberal euthanasia law is getting more liberal which next year are set to be extended to include people suffering from mental health conditions and potentially minors have been slammed for being reminiscent of the way Nazis dealt with people with disabilities by leading academics in the field. That's all we, that's all we really need to read about that article. Go read it. I'll, I'll flip you the article. At some point, uh, the ball doesn't lie, to quote my father, and at some point, success leaves clues, and so does tyranny. So what are they doing now in Canada? It's absolutely mind-blowing. Just recently, this is in British Columbia, they decriminalized hard drugs. I, 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 I crap you not. They decriminalized hard drugs. There was this uh, uh, infamous picture of a guy who was selling cocaine, heroin. He had a little bill, selling it. They decriminalized hard drugs. Make it available for safety, you know, safe consumption. You don't want people ODing on fentanyl-laced uh, drugs as if the black market is not going to exist nonetheless. Like I, I read somewhere and I forget where, and if it's wrong, someone's going to fact check correct me. But ever since they legalized or decriminalized marijuana, that didn't do very much to the black market. That actually only enhanced the black market. Make it cheaper uh, because the government stuff is too expensive. They legalize, I mean, you know, they legalize tobacco they tax it up the wazoo there's a black market for like black market cigarettes people don't know this in canada you could go to the native reserves and you can get this not black market cigarettes but you can get like i don't know what you call this like knockoff under the table uh cigarettes they think oh we're gonna do we're gonna decriminalize hard drugs to make it safe for people to subdue the black market bull crap 
But then when you see what they actually do, Canada, this is British Columbia, decriminalized a small amount of hard drugs, February 2nd, 2023. How it started, how it's going. October 19, 2023, Canada will legalize medically assisted dying, medically assisted euthanasia, mercy killings for people addicted to drugs. Some drug user activists have likened the move to eugenics and say Canada should be funding more harm reduction. Oh, but you see they are. You see they, 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 they finance the harm reduction by decriminalizing it. And then they let you kill yourself when your life gets ruined because you get addicted to the hard drugs that they just decriminalized. It's, it's, it's beyond words and it's beyond black pilling. Because if someone were trying to depopulate, what would they be doing differently? If someone were trying to uh, reduce the Canadian population to then say, well, we have no choice but to open our borders to immigration because look, our population is not only not growing, it's actually shrinking because we're killing everybody. And I, I, I'm being hyperbolic, they're not killing everybody. In 2021, and you all know this, let me just bring this out. In 2021, Canada euthanized 10,064 Canadians. That's if we believe the number, and there is good reason to believe that number is a lot more than that, because some people are not being counted. And my goodness, once, once they found out in Quebec that medically assisted death was the third leading cause of death, well, there was a public pressure campaign, or at least the government felt pressure to say, holy crap, we better back up with this. 2021, 10,064 Canadians euthanized under the medical assistance in dying that we know of. That represented over 3% of all death in Canada for 2021, state-sanctioned. 2022, we haven't gotten the numbers yet. The projections were 13,000 and change, which would represent over 4% of the death in Canada, assuming excess death or assuming death numbers haven't gone up, which they probably will, give or take. Three and a half, four percent of the death in Canada in 2022 is projected to be government-assisted dying, euthanasia, or if you're going in the context of the mentally ill and drug addicts, I will I will dare call it state-sanctioned murder. People who can't consent to contracts cannot consent to a contract to end their lives. So 2022, the numbers haven't come out yet, and my prediction is it's going to be wildly more than 13,000. Some people were predicting 16,000. I'm going to just go not half doom-pilled, and I'm going to say 20,000. It hasn't come out yet, and I, uh, if I'm wrong, I, I'll be happy to be wrong, although it'll just be disgustingly high regardless. That's even assuming we can trust the numbers. But this is where Canada's going, people. Daily Mail, Canada to legalize euthanasia for drug addicts with no other illness in March. You got some people saying it's not fair to exclude addicts while others say it's rooted in eugenics. This was the argument, by the way, to include the mentally ill. Unsolicited, the liberal, some liberal minister, I forget who it was in 2016 when they're debating this law, says, well, we, look, the, 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 the United, the Canadian Supreme Court of Canada came out and said it's unconstitutional to deprive people of dignity in death. If you're suffering from pancreatic cancer, you've got three months left to live, you've got all your stuff in order and you don't want to go through the anguish of a pancreatic cancer death we want to make it humane and we want to allow people to determine their own destiny. And my goodness, I don't think very many people have a problem with that. Then by, for no reason whatsoever, somebody comes in and says, well, we don't want to deny this constitutional right to the mentally ill. I mean, that would be, that would be unfair to the mentally ill. So we want to allow mentally ill people to decide to end their lives, not as a result of other physical illness that is uncurable, as a result of mental illness. 
well, okay, that's a little controversial, they said at the time. So we're going to include a, uh, an exclusion that's going to sunset into the wind and disappear in 2023, the sunset clause. Hey, it's been sunset, people. Oh, you thought they were going to stop with the mentally ill. <laughs> this is the government we're talking about. You give the government an inch, they'll, 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 they'll give you the full rope. Can't, so they, they say, okay, well, we're going to extend it to the mentally ill. We're going to, that sunset provision comes into effect as of 2023, give or take. I think it's 2024, maybe. The mentally ill can contract their own death with the government, even if they don't have terminal cancer. And then there was a poll that showed you, know, like, a substantial portion of Canadians support medical assistance in dying for the homeless. And they're expanding it now, or they want to, to drug addicts and minors, and even minors who can't consent, the parents can consent to them. I mean, people made a joke about the post, post-birth abortion. I mean, it's like, it's like, it's a Babylon Bee article. Well, we had the baby now. The parents want to consent to the baby being euthanized. Well, don't worry guys, what can ever go wrong? They just, you got to get two doctors to sign off on that. You get, you get doctors signing off on chopping off the breasts of little girls. The weenies of little boys, hormone replacement therapy, puberty blockers. You got doctors signing off on genital mutilation for developing children. I'm sure they're not going to find two doctors who are going to authorize the parents to euthanize a child. I'm sure you're not going to find two doctors to authorize euthanasia of a drug addict. Why treat them? Why treat them for the problem that you just exacerbated for them when you can just kill them and harvest their organs afterwards, by the way. Canada's medically assisted dying made law is due to expand in March 2024. It will include mental health patients, including those suffering from substance abuse. Canada's due to legalize, yada, yada. When the country's law around medically assisted dying changes in March 2024, mental health patients, including those with substance abuse issues with no physical ailments, will be able to seek assisted suicide. I don't know why the format is like this. But we're, okay, let me just make sure that we can see the entire thing. We can. Okay, medically assisted, look at this. Hey, it's like, the, it's like the dominoes that we saw earlier today. Just, you know, oh no, we just want uh, 2016. We just want to do it for the terminally ill. Oh, we just want to do it for a lot more terminally ill. Oh, we just want to expand the definition of terminal illness to include uh, chronic life illnesses that will not get healed. Oh, now we just want to include um, the mentally ill. Oh, now we want to include uh, drug addicts and minors. Look at where the dominoes are now, people. They've got, they've got the momentum and the inertia. The process for an assisted death in Canada starts with downloading a form online. The, it, this involves the applicant answering a series of tick box questions and signing the bottom followed by securing a signature of a witness. They will have a phone, yada, yada, yada. Oh, they'll have a phone call and a home visit from a doctor. If the application is approved by two separate doctors, the person must wait 90 days from the time of their application and then a doctor can administer the lethal drug via injection. Currently, people solely with mental illness such as depression and personality disorders with no physical conditions are not eligible. A framework for a, for, for a suicide. A framework for assisting people with substance abuse disorders for MAID is being discussed at an annual scientific conference held in Canada this week. The agenda for the workshop includes teaching attendees and medical professionals how to know the difference between suicidality and a reasoned wish to die. Can, Babylon B, you've got your headline there. Anyways, it goes on. It's, it's just an absolute freaking travesty. Here, I'm going to give you the link to that so you can go. Uh, you know, we would have a, you know, we got to train doctors on the difference, the distinction between suicidality 
and a reasoned wish to die if you're a drug addict. Although they haven't approved it yet, don't worry, they'll stop, they'll stop somewhere. A reasoned wish to die if you're mentally ill. It's a contradiction in terms. And there are some mentally ill people out there, mentally ill. There are people suffering from, from mental disorders who are saying, the government is supposed to protect me from myself when I'm in that most vulnerable state, not allow me to end my life. Oh, we'll give you time. Are, are, you, are you suffering from mental illness now? I, I, I tell you, no, I'm not. I'm not, and I still want to die. Oh, lordy, lordy, lordy. Um, hold on one second. I see something here. Didn't they recently update DSM-5 to include refusal to be vaxxed, belief in conspiracy theories, to be classified as mental illness? No, they didn't. They didn't, DSM, Finboy Slick. My understanding from that, there was at one point in time a meme going around that says people who refuse to get vaxxed should be treated as being mentally ill. And at the time, despite the fact that it got a little bit of criticism when I call things the way I see it, I said, that's not what the internal memo said. It said that some people have a fear of needles as their reason to refuse to get vaxxed and they should get treatment or what do they call it? Basically like counseling to get over their fear of needles to get the vax, and I'll, to get the jab. And I'll tell you one thing, I don't have a fear of needles. At this point in time, I've got a fear of that, of that particular jab. Uh, if I knew now, then what I knew now, know now, let me start that again. If I knew then what I know now, you would have to tie me down to a table to get me to take that back then. Okay, I hear a kid who's making a lot of noise out there. Do, do you guys hear that? It's, it's happy noise. Uh, all right. Now, we're actually, oh, look at this. We're, we're doing good here. There is some other stuff in the backdrop. So that's what's going on in Canada. It's just, it's just a, it's a, it's a free fall of depravity. Um, let, me, let me see here. I got my brother. Okay, fine. That was my brother. That was a tweet from earlier. I still got more stuff and some of it's fun. So don't go anywhere. Although if you're going to go somewhere, come on over to vivabarnslaw.locals.com. Oh my goodness. Joe Biden's $200,000 check. The link to locals is in the chat in Rumble. Joe Biden's $200,000. Oh, actually, first let's start with this. Yesterday, some outlets, multiple outlets tweeting, uh, tweeting, reporting that Putin suffered cardiac arrest. And I'm like, holy crap. Uh, that would, uh, that, uh, of all things to happen at this point in time, but there has been no follow-up on that Putin cardiac. And let's just see if there's any news on that today. <laughs> Kremlin denies Putin had a heart attack. Kremlin denies rumors of Putin body double among the heart attack. Be very wary of the account that claim Putin had a heart attack. Let's hear this one. This one I want to see. Of the Telegram account. Okay, claiming Putin was found convulsing from a heart attack. It was reported in Sky News. It was reported in a number of outlets. And they all reference back to the original one. And which is why, I, before I say anything, I'm just going to, at this point, I don't trust anybody. And I was like, if Putin had a heart attack, I mean, this would be, A, like, how many, how would anyone out there ever believe it was natural, even if it were natural? And B, this would be the biggest uh, news on earth. Kremlin has issued a denial of a prominent Russian Telegram account saying Putin suffered a heart attack. The anonymous account, General SVR, regular pumps out fascinating claims about Putin. There's good reason to be highly skeptical. All right. Well, that was the irrelevant news of the day. I mean, irrelevant in that. <laughs> it's at this point in time, like, 
nobody knows what to believe. This is the absolute state of the destabilizing effect of disinformation, CGI, bot accounts on Twitter. Nobody knows what to believe. And I dare say, even if you saw it with your own eyes, you wouldn't know what to believe. But what you can believe, and we're going to end it on this, I think. What you can believe is that if, uh, what's his name? Aaron Rupar is saying something. If Daniel Goldman is saying something, they are lying. I mean, that, it's the safest bet on the internet. So, check this out. Check it before you wreck it. The, 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 the House subcommittee or whatever the hell, the ones who are investigating Biden, last week published this document, which is a check from Joe Biden's brother to Joe Biden, dated March 1, 2018, for a cool 200,000 buckaroonies. Wait, what was it from the jerk where he says, well, I can cash 50 of the buckaroonies now and then take the other 200 home. And then he finds out it was a check for $250,000 and not $250. This is a check for $200,000. Joseph R. Biden, that's Joe Biden, from his brother. And it says right there on the bottom, loan repayments. Totally kosher, nothing to see here. It says loan repayment right on the check. Everyone go on with your days. 2018, Joe Biden is neither vice president nor president. He's just a citizen is going to be the other defense. On this very same day, James Biden uh, apparently received a loan from a bank or a transfer of funds from a bank. I forget the details exactly, but something along those lines. Boom, he gets the money. 200,000 bucks right to his brother. Loan repayment. Okay. What do the liars have to say about this? Don't worry, everybody. Alan, Alan, Aaron Rupar, a man who has a definition in the Urban Dictionary. I'm not joking. As a scumbag liar who is a propensity for making up crap. I'll, I'll get to his Urban Dictionary uh, definition later. He's, he's such a known, proven, demonstrable, filthy liar. He's a definition in the Urban Dictionary. He says, I've obtained documents showing Joe Biden made two loans to his brother James. One in July 2017 for $40,000 and a second in January for $200,000. They were paid back in full without interest within two months. January to February to March, two months. Raises a lot more questions than answers. The loans took place when Joe wasn't in office or a candidate for one. Horse wasn't a candidate for one. All technicalities, as if they didn't know. All right. The loan was repaid. He's obtained documents showing the loan. You know, you know what documents would evidence a loan? A promissory note, a loan agreement, and or transfer of funds. Show us the $200,000 going from Joe to his brother. Th that's all I want to see. Don't worry. Trust the liar. I've seen it. Trust me, bro. But then you also got uh, Dan Goldman, who I've called out so many times for lying. I, I, I mean, I have to go look at all my tweets. He says, per usual, GOP oversight is blatantly misleading the public. Rep James Comer concealed a $200,000 loan from Joe Biden to his brother six weeks before the, his brother repaid him. Six weeks? I we just had two months earlier. I mean, I think he and Alan, Aaron need to like coordinate their lives a little better. It's time to end this charade and focus on opening the house. You know what's acutely missing? Acutely missing, and not in cute way, but... Uh, noticeably, remarkably absent from both of these tweets, any corroborating evidence, documentation to prove the loan. If Rep. James Comer concealed the $200,000, that means that there's 
evidence out there of a $200,000 loan, which we haven't seen. All that we've seen is just the check that says, um, yeah, it says loan repayment right there. Shut up, go home, piss off. They were only peddling their name and influence internationally for massive payments, 10% for the big guy. Uh, but it says, it says loan repayment right there on the check. And none of them, in, in their methinks they doth protest too much, I've got the evidence, I've seen it, trust me, bro. Remember when Adam Schiff, that scumbag pathological liar, came out of those committees and said, I've seen the smoking evidence, the smoking gun evidence uh, of Trump-Russia collusion? Or was it the quid pro quo? Jeez, Louise, I forget which one it was. I've seen the smoking gun evidence. Hold on, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta make sure I remember this. Schiff, smoking gun, Trump. It was in the impeachment, the collusion. So it wasn't in the impeachment, it was in the collusion. Oh God, let's just, let's just for the sake of it, all cleanse our palates by vomiting into our mouths. More, we have Democratic Congressman Adam Schiff. He's the new chairman of the House Intelligence Committee and the co-chair of the bipartisan Congressional bipartisan. Freedom of the Press Caucus. Good morning, Congressman. Good morning. That's good a lie. It's not, it wasn't morning. That disclosure. It, if he said good morning, it was afternoon. Paul Manafort's own attorneys that he had passed this proprietary polling data to Russians. Well, it's pretty shocking, uh, and you think you're not uh, capable of being shocked anymore, but of course, so we continue to learn things that take your breath away. And here we have the chairman of the Republican presidential I'm, I'm candidate uh, in private conversations with Russians, with Evidence uh, Russian of collusion Ukrainians, is clear. Uh, offering polling data, inside polling data. Remember when Schiff came out and said, I've got the evidence, it's smoking gun, lie. It was a lie at the time, and it was a lie that he knew no one could disprove because for whatever the reason, some confidentiality, they couldn't disclose the documentation evidence that would have showed that Adam Schiff was abusing of privilege, confidentiality to lie to the American people. I'm no doctor, but my suspicion is that Goldman is doing the same thing right now. Uh, liars. Let me see this one. I had this one out for a reason. Oh, yeah, here we go. Another one. Ryan Sheed. Who's Ryan Sheed or Ryan Shedd? Husband, dad, veteran, mental health, Lynch syndrome. Okay. What did he write? He wrote, I don't come from a wealthy... Oh, he's de- this is a defending of... Uh, so Marjorie Taylor Greene writes in a tweet, bribery, Biden bribery money trail on March 1, 2018, distressed company AmeriCorps. It was... A, okay, it wasn't a bank loan. It was AmeriCorps. Wires $200,000 to Biden because his last name, Biden, could open doors to Middle East investment the same day Joe Biden received a $200,000 check from James Biden. Here's the evidence. But it says loan repayments, Marjorie. You're such a liar. Why would you lie like that? Ryan Sheet, I don't know who he is, comes in and says, I don't come from a wealthy family, but I've gotten loans from my dad that I paid back. Hmm. It was $5,000, not $200,000, but my dad was a car engineer, not a political figure with generational wealth. Joe Biden didn't have generational wealth. That was just political wealth, but set that aside. Even if this were the correct context, even if it was 2018, even if they did it, they didn't do it, but even if they did it, there was nothing wrong with it. Even if there was something wrong with it, they had to do it because they had no choice. And even if they did it voluntarily, you're a bigot for noticing. Even if the context were correct, it was 2018. Marjorie Taylor Greene keeps saying influence peddling when posting this. Oh, and then... But he did it. But he did it worse. But the entire Trump empire was built on influence peddling, not hard work. He licenses his name. Yeah, it's called brand. Uh, Much different than licensing your political name. Unbelievable what people do. Mental gymnastics. Um, Yada, yada, yada. He didn't do it. But if he did do it, 
it wasn't illegal. And if it was illegal, uh, there was a good reason for him to do it. And even if there wasn't, uh, look at what Trump did. He made it even worse. Also, acutely absent from all of these protestations, a little thing called evidence. To quote Ace Ventura. Ventura. All right, I do think now that that's it. We're going to go over to locals. Um, yeah, we're going to go over to locals. And we're, going to, we're going to do something funny there. Everybody... Thank you all for being here. It has been a wonderful time trying to make sense of the absolute insanity of the world. Uh, hold on a second. <laughs> hold on, I'm going to bring this up. Last chat, there's a, good, there's a rumble rant in there. Um, okay, and I'm, I'm, I'm picturing something out of, out of Family Guy with this. Ginger Ninja says, Canadian. Wants housekeeper, searches on Google, doorbell rings, doctor standing on doorstep with needles. Somebody needed a maid. Oh, you give it, you give it, what a beautiful acronym. Medical assistance in dying. Oh, it's just, we're not, it's not, it's not action, whatever that, that action 14 was out of the Nazi Germany. It's not mercy killings. It's not euthanasia, because even euthanasia is too ugly a term. Medical assistance in dying. But we don't want to say the death word either, so just maids. Everybody gets a maids. Okay, let's do it. Uh, so what was I going to say? For the rest of the week, tomorrow, I've got Ian Corzine coming on. I hope it's tomorrow, but Ian Corzine, another internet lawyer dude, practicing as well with a very interesting area of expertise. We're going to shoot the, shoot the poop, as we say, because I haven't seen Ian in a long time. Ian Corzine on Twitter. I forget what his handle is. Ian Corzine. Oh, well, his handle is at Ian Corzine. I A. N-C-O-R-Z-I-N-E. Oh, okay. Sorry. Just, um, he's going to be on tomorrow, uh, later this week. There's a bunch of good stuff coming. I mean, just stay tuned. Great guests. Great, you know, I say great stuff to talk about because the world's going to hell in a handbasket. And that's it. Everybody, come on over to Rumble. We are on Rumble. Come on over to vivabarneslaw.locals.com and I'm going to end it on Rumble. Thank you all for being here. Uh, tonight, Mark Robert for America's Untold Stories might be doing it out of my home studio. We'll see. Uh, so if you, if you see a Viva Fry in the backdrop of Grobert's stream this afternoon, it's because he's here and we're going to have dinner possibly with another guest. So go enjoy the day if you're not coming to vivabarneslaw.locals.com. If you are, I'll see you there in a few. And uh, thank you all very much. Peace out, peeps. I think we're alone now. Uh, uh, Finboy Slick, Viva Fry, finally we're on local so I can nag you about Rat Tat Tat. It's good. I listened to it. It's very good. I also included a great little pumpkin pie tune to your Amos Miller pie video. Okay, so hold on a second. Oh my goodness. I'll, I'll tell you, uh, Rat Tat Tat is good. It's nice. Uh, what do they call that type of music where it's and not instrumental? Winston, Winston, Winston. Hey, stop doing that. Sorry, dog's scratching his face. Um, come here, get, get him, get him, get him, get him, no, get, get him here, oh my god, oh look, Pudgy's coming, come here, alright, well, oh, I know that she's not going to pee on me, because she already peed, mm. oh, you smell so terrible, mm. this is Pudge, everybody knows that, okay, you, you, you go down, and, oh, where's it come, ah, forget it, okay, he'll come in a bit when I, he gets jealous enough. 
oh, I want, this is what I wanted to play exclusive for the locals part because somebody's got to do something like put on, um, like, I don't know, a bongo background music and then just do this, just um, do this without audio, but music overlaying this. Something's wrong with him. Something is wrong with Hakeem Jeffries. Someone told Jeffries, you absolutely have to do something with your hands at all points in time. And Gavin Newsom does the same thing. Look, it's, it's psychotic. Our view is that we want a partnership in the best interests of the American people. It's psychotic. That simply requires the House to reopen and function in a bipartisan way. So that bills that we know have support from Republicans and Democrats get up or down votes on the House floor I, 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 and can't be blocked by a marauding band of extremists. A marauding right. That's all we want. That's a reasonable ask. Can we govern in a bipartisan way to solve problems for the American people? Our view. I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying it to be glib. Something, is it, it might be a medical condition, and maybe I'm going to be a bit of an a-hole for making fun of it. That's sort of glib. Something's wrong with this guy. Now, if we just put it, I'm going to do this. I'm going to, I'm going to put it on mute. I'm just going to go like, let me see. Are we I'm just making sure we're looking at the same thing? Yeah, let's see this. Here we go. Oh, I don't even know how to do it. Uh, it's, it. It drives me ballistic. I cannot listen to that man speak. And Gavin Newsom seems to be just as bad. It's like, it's like every word is connected to what he's saying. And his hands dictate every word that he says. It's crazy. All right, well, that was the lighthearted thing. Now, let's go back over to Viva Barnes Law. We're already, everybody knows where we are. Um, oh, we're 250 people here. This is beautiful. Megan Man, no, sorry. <laughs> Mega Man X, $5 tip, says, did InfoWars abandon Owen? Why aren't they paying him while he's in prison? I know nothing about that. I don't know any of the politics. I know nothing about any relationship between um, Owen Schroyer and InfoWars, period. Nothing. Uh, so I don't even know, like, what, what would an abandonment look like? I don't know. I don't know if they're paying him. I don't know what an abandonment would look like. All I know is that Owen Schroyer is trying to get his original handle back. Let's see what he's up to now, actually. So he was at 16.8 thousand before. And now he's going to be at political prisoner Owen Schroyer. 18.3 thousand. Good. So I don't know. I don't um, Mega Man X. I know nothing about that. Pam Walker. One dollar tip says, Viva Fry, did you see that New Zealand prosecuted four of their officials that pushed the vax? I didn't. But that would make me happy. Uh, New Zealand prosecute vaccine politicians. If you got a link, I'd be very nice. I'd be very happy to see that. I don't see anything in the news about that, but uh, my goodness, it's impossible to keep up with everything. Pam, so yeah, if, if there's a link in there, let me know. We got Bill Brown. I'm going to take a guess as to what this is. I thought it was a coconut at first. Oh, no, it says a whoopie pie. What the heck is a whoopie pie? Well, damn. Okay, first of all, it looks good. I don't know what a whoopie pie is. Is it? I don't even, I don't even want to take a guess as to the origin of the name. 
because I might go ahead and inadvertently get myself canceled. Bill Brown has another meme here. It says, I have a few questions about my prescriptions. One pill makes me larger. One pill makes me small. And the ones you gave me last week don't do anything at all. Go ask Alice. <laughs> okay, I think I, I think I get that one. We got Bill Brown. It says, it's that gross. It's not about finding a lifetime partner. It's about who can do the most for me now, and I despise it. Hold on one second, Bill. What was that? What that had been? It's not about finding a lifetime partner. Oh, this might be in the uh, Kelsey Taylor Swift dating scenario. MAGA hat stays. How much is the DeSantis team paying her? Another, I have, I do, I'm like, if I knew, I would not say I don't know. I would just ignore or make a joke and move on. I don't know. I have no idea. I don't, I have no idea. Can't be enough, though. Although, my good God, did I... I, Mega, I never even thought of that. Now I understand what you're saying. No. No, there's no way. There's no way. Um, But nice. I mean, (laughs) I didn't even think of that political... Uh, sabotage, but well, well, uh, stop black pill mag hat says, no, you're the one with the black pill mega hat, Pam Walker. Oh, here we go. Uh, this is uh, no, no. okay, so hold on a second. What is this? Waka Meninja Maori government is magic number one. First prosecutions of four New Zealand officials for okay, so here I'll bring this up. Here's my prediction about this, uh, Pam. It's going to be on some non, uh, I say some, it's not going to be in a judicial context. That's my prediction as to where this is going. Let me see if I'm right. So it's going to be perhaps a tribal court, but not a law of the, you know, not to say a law of the land, not a, um, not a government court. Let's just see. Okay. Humanity and genocide. Let's see. On Saturday, oh, you're going to make me subscribe. Continue reading. Okay. On Saturday, 17 June, 2023. When is this article from? October 23rd. Okay. An historic event took place in New Zealand. A dedicated team of men and women have opted have opened the first sovereign independent grand jury. Okay, there I've got it. I'm, I'm pretty sm- I'm pretty good. The court will deal with the civil and criminal claims for, of, for all sovereign nations of new tyranny. New tyranny? Come on, that's funny. New tyranny. Okay. I know it's new tyranny. I don't know, but that's, that's my God, fate loves irony. Uh, who registered with the Wakamana Maori government under the jurisdiction of the Tikitana. Okay, the first case has been brought by the members of the Maori government on behalf of the people of New Zealand. The case is alleged breach. Okay, well, I mean, that's it. I mean, there you have it. So, fine. That's, that's not the white pill that most of us were expecting. So, they'll, they'll have, I, have, I don't know if it's the sovereign court in the same way that they, we use it here for sovereign citizens, even if it's an indigenous court. Okay, fine. Uh, it's an interesting thing to think about actually because federal law apply federal law nonetheless applies on uh reservations in canada oh geez i have to refresh my memory on on constitutional law so no that is not the white pill that we thought it was four officials in new zealand oh so pam walker no that's that's the big catch to that whole thing now we got bill brown says one of them days it's a bottle of jack uh, I don't know what the blue thing is, and that is a fat uh, joint, spliff, as I believe the, the, the children call them these days. Uh, just be careful, Bill. Bill Brown, did you see Crowder today? Decriminalizing of prostitution has teens on street corners. Ginger Ninja says, glad I could give you a laugh. Consuela, no, no, I stay. I jab. 
That's exactly what it is. No, Mr. 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 Griffin, not home. Our local store makes them 12 inches around. That's ridiculous. That'll, that'll get you messed up in ways you're not supposed to get messed up, Bill Brown. All right, let me go to the chat. We've got NH10. I'm going to try to answer as many questions as I can. Have you invited Matt Gates for an interview, perhaps a sidebar? No. Um, and it's not because I don't like him, period. I met him at Tim Pool's place, but I do not like being one of the people who's like, hey, Matt, can, I come on the, can you come on the show? I don't like... First of all, it's not like I don't like giving, I don't want to give the impression of being a transactional human because I'm not. I, I don't like reducing people to like, uh, what are they called? You know, like the trophies. Like, oh, I want to, hey, Matt, how you doing? What can you do for me now? Period, full stop, ever. So if he likes what I do on Twitter and he starts following me organically, beautiful, then I'll reach out. But I think I am going to, uh, I'm following him. Is he following me? No, he's not. And he doesn't have a way of DMing him. But if anybody else wants to go out there and tweet at him, try to get his attention, I would love to have him on. Dude seems authentic, determined, and he's, he's getting the short end of the stick now, I'll tell you what, in terms of what's going on. Have they, have they uh, appointed a Speaker of the House yet? Now that I think a Speaker of the House. Speaker of the House. Oh, they, they picked Tom Emmer. As third house speaker. Who's Tom Emmer? Is he Bowtie Guy? Tom Emmer. Majority Whip. Okay, he's not a Bowtie Guy, so he's got that going for him. All right, we'll be following that. But um, no, I like Matt Gates. He seems, he seems like he puts up with a lot of shit, and um, it's not easy to do. So I'd love to have him on. Cookie says, Yes, I thought the marshmallow frosting, but not for sure. Okay, we got Spinnaker says, Pilot who disrupted flight said he had taken psychedelic mushroom complaints. Says, Okay, I don't know what the heck that is, Spinnaker. Maybe Travis has a vagina, says Vertical Tech. All right, let's go to the ante. We're going to scroll up. Organ harvesting is correct. Donation just sounded softer. Oh, my God, do kids... That was from uh, DLP. Oh, my God, do kids still sell spliffs? I don't know. Haven't touched that stuff in 20... How old am I? At least 22 years. And my goodness, okay. Uh, I'm going to go up a bit. Get your, if you've got any questions, and I'll see what I, can, what I can do in the back. Putin has been having heart attacks for 18 months now, LOLs. Well, some people say, yeah, like, I, I didn't buy the cancer or the dementia things, but, like, uh, you, you, you do, you know, the, the, a heart attack is a lot more verifiable. Like, cardiac arrest, I should say. Emphasizing lies in an attempt to make them appear truthful. That was okay. We got Finboy Slick. All right, ratatat mission accomplished. I'm back to nagging you about the mullet now. Nope. I was onto something there, says Stephen Britton. What was I onto? Now I forget. <laughs> N81 says gesticulation can be involved in trances, subconscious gestures. <laughs> A serious mental disorder, says Bill Brown. Uh, okay, what do we got here? I'm gonna I'm gonna refresh and see what the chat is up to. Oh, here we go. Lori, is that either Lori140 or Lori L40? Says Viva, please interview Andy Lee. Well, the real, absolutely. I'm, I'm in touch with her all the time, actually. She knows so much about the Chinese interference in Canada, exposes that our pension fund is heavily invested with the Chinese Communist Party. Andy Lee is amazing. The real Andy Lee. I follow her on Twitter. Funny thing is, uh, she, for whatever the reason, uh, ended up following a lot of accounts on Twitter and. I don't know why. Is she still on Twitter? Because she... Real Andy Lee. Okay, the Real Andy Lee Show. Good. Am I still following her? No, that looks like a fake account. 
And yeah, I don't know. There's a new one that she's got zero followers and it was created October. I don't know if that's her or a fake account. Anyhow, the funny thing is at one point in time, she was following thousands of people. I don't know why. And all the people that she followed were the most toxic people on Twitter. I, whenever I would get like a nasty, stupid, insensitive, idiotic comment, I would go click on the profile and for whatever the reason, they would be followed by the real Andy Lee. And I don't know, like people went into mass following, follow for follow campaigns, whatever. There's another one who I also, Brett Matheny or someone, Matheny? Let me see who that is. Matheny. Matheny is another account who whenever I get nasty comments, they have like a common denominator and I don't know what's going on with it, but whatever, it doesn't matter. All right. Um, uh, she says, still there, but may get kicked off due to custody hearing uh, that. So L'Oreal, yeah, because apparently she, they were using tweets that she made or she, they were using the fact that she got suspended from Twitter in her divorce custody proceedings about her kids. Terrible stuff. Nobody's on Twitter anymore, says Stephen Britton. Eh, that's, that's still where I like to get, you know, know, the, know what the enemy is thinking. Okay, Viva is an Xer cool beans, para cleric. Oh, dude, no, like, I, I, it's, a, it's my diary. I don't like Twitter. I just need to keep track of what's going on in the world. I need to keep my notes for, you know, the day streams. And so links, articles, and replies, and know what the enemy is saying is where is what Twitter is useful for. Finboy Slick says, I can just picture Viva Fry getting a couple of edibles and going super paranoid. What? Dude, it's, it would be a nightmare for me. It, and when I say I haven't, I haven't touched that stuff in 20 plus years, the gap between the last time I did it before and that, I might, in the last, how old am I now? 44? In the last 18 years? No, sorry, let me rephrase. The hell's my problem? Third, it's almost thirty. Like, I did, I, t- I I was in, I tried that stuff when I was a kid, like thirteen to sixteen. I haven't touched it in twenty-seven years. I may have I may have tried once or twice after twenty-seven years, and my goodness, no es bueno. It's like some people are just not made for that stuff. I don't know what happened. Anyway, that'll be a discussion for one day when I'm on with Rogan. When I'm on with Rogan, I'll talk about my childhood as relates to that. I'm sure he'll have some interesting insights because he is heavily into marijuana. I just, no. Um, Emmer has a D69% Liberty score. Better than McCarthy, but no Donalds or Jordan. That's from D. Hanflo 1. That's with respect to Emmer. Okay, I mean, I, I have no idea who the guy is. I'll talk to Barnes and hear what Barnes has to say. Barnes didn't do a bourbon with Barnes last night. Eh? I was trying to find it this morning to enhance my bring big brain. Grumpy old man, 1919 says he has been coached to do that with his hands. Yeah, no doubt. Um, Bill Brown says I tried once or twice an hour. LOL. You don't need weed. I feel like you would get super paranoid says astral doge plays. Well, I I remember exactly how it felt. So I know it's not people say like it calms them down and they, you know, they have a hyperactive ADHD mind and it, it calms them down. Nope. That was, that was not my last experiences with it. Um, Okay, now let's see if I'm going up here. Did the feed end for anyone else about five minutes ago, says B. Craig. I hope not. Uh, Lori says, oh, okay, so I got that before. Okay, Finboy Slick, wait, is that wishful talking or is Viva Fry scheduled to be on? I'm not, it's, it's definitely wishful talking. I don't want any rumors started. I, it's wishful, wishful talking. That would be like, I mean, that would be the culmination of, of a world gone. Oh, that doesn't matter. 
Weed makes an ADHD person more so, says Steve Britton. And I'm not even, I, I, I can safely say it's not like, it's not my experience with marijuana that made me the way I am. I remember thoughts, reflexes, psychological tendencies before I was 13 that in retrospect, they don't make any sense except for some very obvious explanations. Um, yeah, life can only be understood backwards, but must be lived forwards. Okay, so get in, does anyone have any more? Not more. Does anyone have any questions that I can answer? Or attempt to? <laughs> Astral Doge Plays agrees with uh, Steve Britton. JBMCW. Viva Fry, are your kids going to public or private school? Or have you guys begun homeschooling with the move to Florida? We're in public school. Where They were in public school in Canada. They, well, I'm not, look, I'm not going to get accused of being... Um, who was it? That filthy liar. Elizabeth Warren. We sent our kids to private school for elementary. And then uh, our kid, the oldest one who was in high school, uh, got into like a good public school. And so we, I, I like public school better to the extent it's not absolute, not rubbish, but dangerous. Um, and so here we're in public school and it's great. I mean, I talk to the kids about what's going on in school. I, I, I go, I, the teacher's they know me because I go, but they don't know me because of the internet. So I, you know, I, I participate in a, a number of the events, um, fundraisers, the P, I mean, I go meet the teachers. I see which teachers have the he, him pronoun things on their badges. I see which ones have the rainbows in their class. Um, I talk to the kids about what they learn in school, what the teachers talk to them about. So far, so good. Uh, power cl- So that's the answer to the Florida. I, 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 I like the diversity uh, of thought that comes with public school. One of my, I think one of looking back at my life, I think I went to private elementary school and then I went to three private high schools. And I think I didn't get any much better of an education at the pub, at the private high schools. I just think those private kids had access to a lot more different type of bad stuff than kids at public school. And I, you know, I was happy to get out of the, uh, the, the Jewish school, private school, because I, you know, meeting non-Jews in life, realizing that the entire world is not Jewish is a very useful thing for a kid to realize we live in a, in a world where um, identity, A, is not the only thing, B, is not the defining thing, and C, is not what you thought it was. So useful, useful lessons. Paracleric, the meaning of life, please. I will say community, whether that's family, broader community, community. B. Craig says, sounds like when my cousins has to tell his kids what they are teaching crap, what the truth is. Well, what I find irritating, hold on. I don't like the, I don't like the politics stuff for the young kids. Like one of my kids is, I don't remember how old he is. Young, seven or eight, uh, comes back asking, they're like, what's going on in Ukraine? I was like, shouldn't be talking about that. Vaccines shouldn't be talking about that, period. I mean, I know they hear me talking about it, but I say these are not discussions that kids should be having. These are not things that kids should be knowing about and certainly not things that kids should be getting a propagandized um, indoctrination from their teachers about. So, but it makes for good discussion and that is not a source of irritation for me. The meaning of life, cereal or the magazine, says Pasha Moyer. Angel IRD says, did your guest from PragerU get back to you? That she received the organs, the Oregon school choice information. No, but I'm gonna screen grab this and send it to her. That's Marissa Streit. 
She's on um, Twitter as well. Marissa Streit. Hold on. The heck? So there was not a not a. Yeah, Mar- Marissa Streit. We follow each other. Okay, so it, it's Streit Marissa with two S's. So if you're looking for her on Twitter, Streit Sierra Tango Romeo Echo Indio Tango India Tango Mama Alpha Romeo India Sierra Sierra Alpha Streit Marissa at that's her at. So if anybody wants to reach out and you know get that. Okay. Um, sounds like we're back. Okay, so did your guess? Okay, so I got that. Indicas make me relaxed. Sativas wind me up. The thing that the thing that relaxes me or that calms the machine is a martini, for good or for bad. But then the the neurotic in me is perpetually afraid of death. Thanatophobia, not to a debilitating sense, but my goodness, to a certainly incessant always in the back of my mind and always in the front of my mind perspective. The Arnold documentary seemed pretty amusing from what little of it I've seen. That's Finboy Slick. It's a, I see how it's going now. First episode was him becoming the champion body, bodybuilder of the world. Second episode is going to be him becoming superstar of the world. And then third episode is going to be him becoming governor. I, 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 can, I can forgive him for his, for his apology for what he said. I think it's very easy for... I don't say they're privileged, but it's very easy for people to forget how hard life is um, for those who are not as fortunate as they are. I mean, the thing is, everybody's life is struggle, rich or poor. And when you're rich, you sort of forget what the, you're prone to forget what the struggle was like when you were poor, if you were ever poor. And it's like the thing, like, you get to be an adult, life is a struggle. When you're a kid, life is a struggle. And the thing I have not lost and I never want to lose is the memory of what the struggle for life as a kid teenager was like because when you forget what the struggle for life as a kid, teenager is like, that's when you start looking at kids like spoiled, rotten brats, uh, uh, um, ungrateful, um, and um, what's the other one I'm looking for? You know, you look at them judgmentally and not sympathetically and understandingly. Life is struggle for everybody, but what ends up happening is, you know, the, the struggle for Arnold Schwarzenegger is, are they screwing me out of a contract? for millions and millions of dollars, whereas the struggle for someone who doesn't have that millions of dollars contract is, are they screwing me for $4 freaking fees at my bank? And I'm saying that because my bank is. My bank has been charging me $2 to tell me I have $0 in the bank account because I'm getting paper statements and they charge me $2 for them. And I kept on looking at these accounts like, why am I $6 in the deficit? I'm not that I'm not, not, not woe is me. It's like, I just found that really irritating. And I, you know, like when, when you get to a certain point where you have someone managing your, 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 your assets, that's not even on the, on, the, on, the, on the back burner. And then you forget what it's like, you know, like a $400 uh, electricity bill. You know, the the $1,500 uh, Verizon, not Horizon, the $1,500 Verizon thing for me was a problem, but not like a problem that would have put me in default or rent payment, but a problem nonetheless. You get to Schwarzenegger's level, life is a struggle, but over millions of dollars in a contract. And you forget what the actual daily concerns of, of, of existence struggle are like. Um, so let's see, that was it. Mm-hmm. Okay, go down to the bottom. Poor little rich kid. I know plenty of wealthy people who are in touch with the reality of everyday people. That's not an excuse. Poops, poos, poo, poos, poo. It's not an excuse, but nobody's perfect also. So like, I, you, know, you know people who 
don't suffer from that foible, but we all suffer from some foible. So, okay, fine. Schwarzenegger suffers from that foible and you know plenty of people who don't. I know plenty of uh, rich people who are in touch with the suffering of humankind and then go out and screw old ladies of, of their inheritance. I mean, that's it. His daddy was a Nazi, says Bill Brown. Yeah, I think his daddy fought for the Nazis. I don't think there's a difference between having been a soldier in Germany versus having been an SS a soldier. Um, Steve Britton says, do you know how many people with high paying jobs are less than 30 days from bankruptcy? It's, 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 I mean, I, I, okay. I just heard some noise out there and I'm not sure if it's bad noise or good noise. So poo-poo-zy, that's it. I mean, I've still got to be forgiving on stuff that's not like Howard Stern in his persistent disrespect is persistent and repeated. Schwarzenegger says, screw your freedoms. Yes. Like, hey, it's terrible. Um, and it's easy for someone sitting in their jacuzzi, smoking their cigar, riding their mountain bikes through the mountains of California, able to pay $7 a gallon for, or, uh, what is it, $7 a liter? No, it's this America. So anyways, I, I, that, that's, not a, uh, that's not an unforgivable sin. It is something that requires an apology. Viva, this is a nice format for meaningful discussion, says Power Cleric. I could do this also. Look, Power Cleric, the, my concern, I don't want to be boring. I don't want to be repetitive. But then I also don't want the fear of being repetitive and boring to not uh, to influence me into saying things just for the sake of saying things. That's the concern. Riding his nanny too. That's a bit of a bigger problem. I think he did pay for the kid though, right? It's not like he didn't pay for the kid like, like Hunter. I think he just, he did pay for the kid, right? Bill Brown says, it's horrible. A $500 emergency breaks most Americans. Absolutely. And I, and I $1,500, my fucking variety. Sorry, I swore again. Verizon. Oh my goodness. But the two, I, like I've been meaning to get in touch with the bank. They're charging me $2 uh, a, a statement to tell me uh, it's an empty account because I had to close it. Huh. Um, Grumpy Old Man 1919 says, Alison Moore has a video about filleting a fish and talked about going fishing now. You need to take her and make videos. God, that'd be funny. Riding his nanny. Yeah, he supported the kid, said Bandy. So I mean, look, uh, nobody's perfect. Everybody has problems. Some have some make bigger mistakes than others. Like I, I, I know my foibles. I know where I, I have regrets about things I've done, said moments where I feel that I have not lived up to my own expectations of my own behavior. Cheating on my wife is not one of them. A, out of loyalty, but B, out of self-preservation, because I that is a cause to be murdered by your spouse, period. You, you cheat on your wife and you come back and you come back. That's, I would not blame her for murdering me. So like there's uh, disease, loyalty, fidelity, but also pure self-preservation. I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying you ask for it if you do that. <laughs> oh man. Uh, Mel Vies says, it's nice to actually follow the comments here. Unlike Dan Bongino's rumble lies for Bongino's chat in the live is, he's got 90,000 people watching. It's beautiful. But it is, look, Rumble needs to put in slow mode. And my, I got to tell you something. I've been watching people. I'm not naming names because I'm not trying to start fights with people unless they start fights with me again. But I've been watching people just to hear what they're saying. They're ch- I, and I don't hold the chats against the creator, period, because it's not a fair thing to do because I know that somebody could use comments in our chats, in my chats against me. I'm just saying, you notice some tendencies in the chats of people. And some of these chats have turned into... It's the internet. It is what it is. And, it's, and, and this, is not a, this is not a thing about Rumble either. This is YouTube, YouTube as well. 
these open chats, when you get thousands and thousands of people on, on politically charged, specifically Palestinian, uh, Israeli conflict stuff, holy crap. I mean, there's a lot of people, I'm not saying grifts, there's a lot of people gaining a lot of traction and gaining a lot of new followers off their recent um, immediate development of geopolitical expertise in the Middle East. They're going to they're gonna have an interesting new crowd to have to please with their politics. Look at that flipping picture, Angel RD of Oregon. My gosh, is that a lot of wash. That's just a picture of the ocean for anybody who's watching on podcast version. Hold on a second. Just check my ring here. Might have to go out and go back to parenting. The, uh, I got the ring and I love it. Dude, the ring, is, the ring is the ultimate in spying. I mean, I'm spying on the front door, but we've got, we've got cameras all around the house and they're all live, but only the ring has audio. And it's freaking cool. Uh, so I might have to end this soon because I think... Uh, seems somebody has just left the house. You should check out Glenn Regal's chat. It's nauseating. Poo's poo. In what sense? In terms of the people attacking Glenn Greenwald or the G- Glenn Greenwald's chat? In, in what sense, actually, poopsie? Uh, poozy. Poo's poo. What the hell am I saying? Um, stop being so needy. Geez, always needing the center of attention. And we got a picture. My God, look at that beautiful sunrise or sunset. Finboy6 says, Viva Fry, the NSA really loves your ring too. Dude, I, I, have, a, I, have, a, like, I, I have abandoned myself to being constantly surveyed. Someone, you know, um, not naming anybody. It's not anybody that anybody would know, but they said, you know, get on Telegram, get on... Um, WhatsApp? Which one is the one that's secure? And it's like, dude, I'm not having a conversation on any app or platform that I wouldn't have in text or Twitter DM because there's nothing I'm saying. Well, first of all, A, I'm not into anything even remotely criminal, but there's nothing I'm saying on one of these platforms thinking it's secure because none of them are. Um, so that's it. Now, the question is what are they going to do? They're gonna, I mean... Yeah, so that's it. I, I just, I've always operated. Even when I had anonymous, anonymous names, accounts, a decade ago, I'm like, at any point in time, someone can hack this. Don't say anything under the cloak of an, an anonymity that you would not say publicly. The Salty Army is priceless. So is Nick Ricada's chat. Yes, in a certain way. The Salty Army's chat, I mean, is almost, it's almost uh, tame. I guess it's not even that bad. Check out, I saw it was a poop on poop zoo. I want to know what the, what Glenn Greenwald is about. Thumbs up signal. Signal is what it is. No, if you trust signal, I think you're being naive. And I'll tell you this in proton mail, same thing to power cleric. If you trust signal, it is only a matter of time before simply having it is going to be the criminal offense. Okay. I hear stuff. I found trail cameras belonging to the States in the woods around my house. No, there's no crap. There's no, no question. Constant surveillance, but they can't, they can't secure a border. It's bullshit. Parents met and married in Oregon and left shortly after that. Look at that. The Oregon Trail. Telegram is allegedly secure. Pfft. Dude, so I, I got Telegram only because I wanted to follow a specific Telegram account as relates to the conflict in the Middle East. I sign up for Telegram. I just, I just go on like I just I set it up. 
I start getting DMs. First person to DM me, oh, I don't, I shouldn't say this. I don't know. Someone. But then I was like, how the hell did you, you're good, man. And he's like, yeah, you know, when you join any one of your contacts in your texts, anyone with your cell number can find out. So well, it's that secure, except if it's giving, if it's giving my Telegram account to anyone in my contact list, and I've got people in my contact list who I haven't touched in a flipping decade, that's about as secure as leaving your front door open. Finboy Slick. Uh, oh, it was just cynicism, not a critique of your life choices. Even from a computer security perspective, acting like you are already breached is usually the best strategy. Absolutely. Been on Telegram. This is Mel VS for a good year and a half. It was great during the trucker convoy. Telegram and Signal are, are the modern day Ogrish. If anybody doesn't know what Ogrish is or um, Rotten.com or what um, the other one there that got sold out. Shit, what's it called? Jeez Louise, what's the name of the website that used to have all of the, the snuff death videos? You had Augrish, you had Rotten.com, and there was the big one that just went mainstream recently. A, B, C. Does anyone know this? I'm going to go crazy. The website that... LiveLeak. It was called LiveLeak. Okay, I got it. So, yeah. But Telegram is just... Oh, Hamas supporters in Glenn's chat. And he's a, and he's a prominent Jew. Never, never heard him talk about religion in any, in any meaningful sense. But yeah, Telegram, it's, like, it's just like... The, it's what LiveLeak used to be. So, yeah. Bill Brown, you go through... No, the thing is, I've got contacts from my practice of law. And I'm thinking I'm, I'm just going to wipe my new phone... I'm going to hard reset, wipe it clean in its entirety. The only thing that makes me nervous about doing that are all of the videos that I've shot in the last year, but I think I've made whatever videos I need with them. I got a problem with my phone. It doesn't get recognized by my computer, so I can't even just back up all of the pictures automatically. But I think I'm just going to wipe it clean. No, it wasn't Parler, everyone. It was, it was LiveLeak. That's what, and LiveLeak just went mainstream. LiveLeak was the, back when we were kids, younger, you wanted to see the worst things on earth, Live Leak was where to go. Okay, I'm going to read it, Scuba Jim, because I wasn't sure where it was going. A mom was walking hand in hand with her little child. The child said, quote, what is the meaning of life? End quote. The mom squatted down and looked her child in the eye and said, you are. I like it. And you know what? We're going to end it on that because I don't think we can end it on a better on a better note, given what's going on in the world. Everybody, um, so I think, I think um, Grobert might be here tonight, and I think we might be hosting a barbecue with someone special, including Grobert, so stay tuned. I don't, and I'm not going to do like the, the, the trophy hunting, but it'll be, it'll be a fun dinner uh, if we can do it. We have steak in the fridge, Tomahawk, and the Brazilian place down the street. Easy Meats, man. It's not even a sponsored ad, because I'd be saying it anyhow. They have the best meat on earth, and it's actually cheaper. If you just get like a, what do they call it? Um, Kayana, Kapana? There's a type of meat. Picanha, Picanha. It's cheaper than, this, than the red meat you get at public, and it's just unbelievably delicious. So the shout-out that nobody asked for, Easy Meats on Glades. I'm actually going to go there shortly to just go smell it. It's so, it smells so good in there. And then you look at this, like, oh. I love the sight of red meat. All right, so that is it, people. Go and enjoy the day. Thank you all for being here. We'll do this uh, again tomorrow. Why not? <laughs> um, 
And uh, yeah, that's it. Thank you for a great stream, Finboy Slick. I like hearing that. Address for Easy Meats. It's the words Easy Meats. Hold on, let me just get it here. Easy Meats Butcher Shop. It is 8903 Glades Road, L4. I don't know what that means. Boca Raton, Florida. Um, and it's just a hole in the wall. It's just a, it's a tiny hole in the wall. Here, I'll show everybody. We're going to end it on this. Easy Meats. I love the way it smells in there. It's the most delicious meat on earth. Uh, Brazilian Portuguese owned. The meat is amazing. They've got custom boards. They've got custom knives. That's the guy on the left. I see him every time I go. He's a BGG. Like, uh, he's also like, heavily into BJJ. Amazing. Oh, yeah. This is it. This is our crew. So the guy I see all the time. Okay, I see, John, I see Jordan all the time. I see Antonio all the time. And I see Dante all the time. Dry aged. Oh. Oh, God. That's it. Okay. All right. We're going to leave it with a Meg Ryan moment. Easy meets on Glades. Best place on earth. Everybody go. I'll see you tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of the day. Thank you all for being here. Peace out.